The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. What's, What's up? What's happening? What's up, brother? Good How to you see you, my friend. Man, it's always good to see you. I uh, played your shit in the gym today. It was awesome. Thank you. The the new shit is awesome. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. I um. By I, the I, way, I should tell you also, you are the Run the Jewels playlist is the playlist we play at the club before the show gets started uh, to hype people up. Thank you. And that that is credit to Tony Hinchcliffe. And this is years ago he said this to me. He goes, Run the Jewels is the fucking best music to play before a show. Thanks, Tony. Because everybody gets hyped up. Yeah. You know, and then it's just, it's perfect. It's like a lot of energy. It carries you right into yeah. the show. Shouts out to my rap partner, LP, who's like, probably like chilling in his vacation I love that home dude. with his puppies right now. I love L, too, man. He's a great guy. He's talented as fuck, too. Yeah. Him and his wife, M, man. Shouts out to them and their dogs, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, man, I, I don't even know what to say. I'm just honored to, that, to be a part of that group. And if, if Run the Jewels is, is, is like the X-Men, I tell people this Michael album is the Logan origin story. So, ah. so the badass swaggering black motherfucker in the group, you get a chance to see the true story of what right. you know, what 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 you know, what what became, like how he became who he is. So, so you did this at like you had a concept when mm -hmm. you created this. Well, yeah. What 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 happens is at nine years old, I just wanted to be a badass motherfucking rapper, right? I just wanted nine years old. Not, you not, man, my mother was sixteen when she had me, so you got to think about it. Disco and rap, disco was fading out, and rap was fading up. So she, that's what she was playing around I me. Mean, she was playing like Houdini, Curtis Blow, ah. shit like that. You know, it was like it was like I liked it, but they still dressed like disco people. They still dressed like my mom's <laughs> band. You know what I'm saying? And then I get a chance to see Run DFC and the fat. First, I saw the Fat Boys. I'm like, oh shit! Like, yeah. like I'm chubby. <laughs> they're chubby. They're fresh. And then yeah. I saw Run DFC. It was over. I'm like, I'm in. And I told my mom, I'll never forget. I'm just like, mom, I want to be an MC. And she had a joint. She was like. Fuck it. That's, a, that's, that's what we're doing. <laughs> so shouts out Denise, man, for that's believing. Amazing advice. Yeah. Obviously. And, Anybody and nobody can de deny that's amazing advice. I have a theory that if a child is given the confidence to know that they're competent early enough, there's nothing they can't accomplish. So. That's absolutely true. And also children need to know, and this is a very difficult thing to say, but it, it is true. If someone out there is doing something, you can do it. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Yep. If someone out there is a musician, if someone out there is an artist, if someone out there is a, an author, and people tell you it's too hard, don't listen to those motherfuckers nah. ever. It nah. can be done. It can be done. It 100% can be done. Now, you got to figure out doing it. I'm going to take this jacket. I want to stay cool. I've been... You want you want to? I want to tell kids like you got to figure that part out. Like yes. my mom didn't buy me studio time. She didn't put me in. She was just like motherfucker. You want to rap? She bring me in front of friends. Rap. And wow. I'm just like you know. But by the time I got 13, 14, I figured out how to get in studios and stuff like that. My friends would take me and shit. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. just like okay. Now I get my older homies would take me. So now I got it. But you know, I just tell people like kids, man. Jordan Peterson says something. I um. He said, "Boys don't get to be. They don't, they don't learn because we're, we're putting them in this box, and yeah. we're saying learn. And boys don't learn like that. They learn by being out. And by I believe that with all kids, but with especially little boys, you got to let their imaginations just go fucking crazy. Yes. And my mom was good about that. You know, that's what I mean? amazing. So shouts out to Denise. God bless the dead, man. Yes, sir." Yeah, boys need exercise too. They need to yeah. run around. Like they're filled up with testosterone, and they're little maniacs, and they're turning into little men, and they have new powers. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're a 16 year old boy, 
you six years ago you couldn't fuck anybody up. Man, and now all of a sudden you can fuck people up. This uh, is like a whole new gift that, you got from the universe. That's usually when your dad has to slam you on your back yep. one time yep. to let you know like grown man strength is still it's still a it's lot real. More. Yeah, yeah. yeah a, I got a I got a picture of me and my high school principal. Where is it? He was like a Joe Clark like figure in my life, like Doctor Hill. If you're out there, well I know you're out there. I know you're gonna end up watching, but I love you, old man. There's a picture. I was 16. I never realized how much taller than him I was. So that's me with my arm around him. Oh wow! And all those little, all those little guys around her. So like that was the crew, the posse. It was like Allen Temple posse. Like, and I was wanted to be a little asshole because I grew up in the houses. I wanted to fight and shit like that. Right. And um, he he at some point just decided that this kid is smarter than he's acting. So let's do this. He'd come get me out of Spanish class, out of Miss Blaze class. He'd make me stand next to him at lunch and and eat my lunch. So pretty much everybody knew, you know, he's the principal's guy now. Don't don't go fucking around. Well, so yeah. all my homies that were just on the bullshit in school were just kind of like, we gonna, we'll see you after school. And it really helped change my direction in terms of where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. So shouts out to Dr. That's Tim. amazing that he knew to do that. That's the value of a really good educator as opposed to someone who's just doing that job. Someone who really looks at a kid and goes, I, I think I can steer this young person in, in an amazing direction. Man, the old man, I'll never forget, he brought me into his office. And he said, you know, he said, you know, Michael, I'll never be a doctor or a lawyer in the sense of a medical doctor, lawyer, engineer, all these things. But it really touched me. He said, but I'm going to be all those things through you and the students that I have here. And when I tell you that man, that high school was a national school. It had only had two principals at the time, Dr. Butts before him, who was my mother's principal at the same school. And then later me. Now, since the principal they, they've had multiple principals, and the school has kind of fallen, but they got a great principal over there now, a female principal who went out. Me and T.I. are very involved in helping the school kind of return to glory. But that man changed a lot of lives. Mm. He, he, he put a lot of people through that school. 1995 NCAA champion Cameron Dollar, his dad was a coach there. He went on to UCLA, won the NCAA championship. Chief Judge Asha Jackson, you know, he, um, dean of technology at, at um, Georgia Tech, Raheem Bia, all these people encountered this man and he he put a lot into us and I, I love incredible. him and thank him for it to this day yeah people like that are so valuable yeah. in a kid's life because just one different perspective one different yeah. you don't realize even when you're saying it i guess probably that the kid's gonna have it that way yeah. i had one science teacher that was really good yeah and he was an interesting guy like vietnam vet and just yeah kind of hard-nosed sort of dude and this was a bad that City. was Dr. Hill. Yeah, <laughs> I was in uh, Jamaica Plain, which was uh, it's kind of been gentrified now, but n back then it was uh, a very <coughs> low income area uh, yeah. outside of Boston. Gotcha. And so the school was rough. Like we had seventeen year old kids that would show up the first days of school because they had been back. Something I was thirteen. And so there's kids that have failed four years in a row, and they're still like, let me try one yeah, more time. Yeah, we had some 21-year-old graduating seniors. I yeah. So there was that kind of shit, right? And this this guy s sat to, in front of the class, and he said, if you ever really want to hurt your brain, he goes, go outside at night and look up and realize there's no end to that. And you take that for granted. Mm -hmm. And you think about it, you know, you're just kind of... Just accept that space is above you, but you don't really think that that goes on forever. Yeah. Think about what infinity is. Yeah, that there's no end to that. 
And I remember being in that class, being 13 years old, going, holy shit. Yeah. Nobody ever said that before. Yeah. And I've been obsessed with it ever since. Yeah. I, I definitely feel you. Like, you, you, and you, like, I had a lot of great teachers. And some are still my teachers. Mr. Murray, who was an art teacher, but now teaches his former students to grow their own food. Um, and he makes you come out to his yard and, and plant and pick when it's picking season. Like, uh. But he, he was one of the first people that, that kind of pushed me to think past whatever your limits were. But in terms of science, man, Miss Wilder, when, once she uh, helped us understood how vast the universe is, her and Miss Smith used to, used to be like, oh, shit, like, the, like when you think about an ant or a gnat in comparison to how big you're looking at them, it's that times infinity when you, you start yeah. seeing yourself – as man, I'm really small because human beings kind of think of ourselves as yeah. owning and, and having everything. But once you, it humbles you to understand that you're just a speck. How do you balance that out though with the braggadocious style of hip hop? I rap that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to be a badass motherfucker, man. You know, you 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 want to you want to let the world know I was yeah, here. You know, right, right. You know? And I and think people love that. Yeah, that's the thing too. Even people that it's like that's the beauty of art, right? Because even people that are on that path of of humbleness and and recognizing that we really are just a very small part of this insanely huge thing, yep. they still love some good hip hop. Man, they still love it. Hip hop is like I told people about Michael, right? So Michael is a story of this nine year old working class black kid's life on in, in a black enclave in Atlanta. My whole world was black, so I was never not confident. I never worried I would be held down because all my heroes and, and villains look like me. Mm. But I tell people, once you get past the fact that I'm black, really it's just a story of a working class kid in America who just lives totally amongst the people he looks like. So working class people, I think we need just that sometimes. You know I think what I mean? People, people love to have community. Yes. That's, that's a giant part of being a human being. And most people today, you know, especially people that live in cities where you're stacked in apartment buildings, they don't have our traditional sense of community. They don't, unfortunately. It's, I don't think it's good. I, th I, think it's, I think it's real bad for us. It's scary that that's the only thing that scares me, I think, about the net is that we get so caught up in whatever we think behind this and just anonymously yeah. talking to people yeah. that we never have to disagree with people across the table. And then after the disagreements, still remain comrades, allies, friends, yes. or, or community members. And I, I think we should get back. I've been advising people like on political shit, to just ignore the national soap opera of who's going to be the next president and focus on the very, very small thing of what are my neighbors to my right and left thinking about and get 10 and 12 people, 15 people in a living room and discuss your street Yes. versus d discussing world affairs. You know what I mean? Yes, and have that spread out. Yeah. But you have to keep an eye on the criminals. You got to keep, keep, keep an eye on the criminals. If you don't yeah. keep an eye on the criminals, then the, the, that's what I always wonder about, like, when they have, like, a UFO report, when they're saying, well, we've, we, we've recovered crashed UFOs. Like, uh, really? Or are you in the middle of some crazy multi-billion dollar a, scheme well, that I need to know about? Well, we, when we know about the criminals, we still don't do shit about it. Right. So that's why I'm saying, like, on a, on a hyper-local level, you know, you know, I got some crazy theories, but on a, on a hyper-local level, you could just kill them and let the hogs eat them, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. You, if you, if you, That's if, what they used to do. If you know who's molesting and raping kids in your community mm -hmm. and you know where a hog farm is, you can fix that problem. Yes. You know? And, yes. and, that, and that goes all the way up to the top. And I remember landing in London years ago hearing about the radio DJ there that had um, 
that had just been absolutely atrocious in his lifetime. And they brought out the paperwork that said he was actually building children hospitals with dungeons. Oh, that's that TV guy. Mm-hmm. What is it? J- Jimmy Saville? Jimmy Saville. Or, yeah. yeah. And there was a that woman in parliament like a there. He too. did, right? Jesus he looks fucked up and freaky. He looks terrifying. But there was a woman in parliament that had promised to bring the other people to justice. Nobody's ever been brought to justice. And mm. before we get to Judge Miller in point, you know, only a couple people got brought to justice with Epstein. Not like, so, really. Yeah, exactly. You Not know, really. The he, only people were the two people that were involved exactly. that traffic. Yeah, so but but as supposedly. A, as the public, we've never said where's the fucking list. Where's so, the fucking list? So when I say locally is, you know, yeah. you might can't you know, if we wanted to do something, we could, but for whatever reason, we're 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 like elephants in a circus. We could yeah. destroy the whole tent and somehow we've been trained not to. So the the thing for me it comes down to Where's the hog farmer? How local can you keep it? Yeah. You know, that's it. Where's the hog farmer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe start farming your own hogs. Yeah. Joe and I were just having a conversation about how hogs are actually hu- eat human beings. and um, Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm just I'm just going to say if you if you know a good hog farmer and you know some evil people, make sure they meet one another. Yeah, that's yeah. in the movie Snatch. Yeah. Remember that English dude? I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the term greedy as a pig. Yeah. Yeah, those motherfuckers eat people all the time. People like have heart attacks and fall I, down, and the pigs just consume them. Yeah, I was telling uh, Joe about my cousin Quint, who went on a hog a hog hunt, and the hog decided it didn't want to get ate. They so do it turned that. on him. He had to, ran him up a tree. He had to shoot the hog from the tree to kill it. But yeah, if people don't have a firearm on them and they bow hunt them, I've seen them get rushed. Yeah, they'll slice you up too, man. They run yeah. past you with those tusks and just pigs rip your smart. legs apart. Yeah, pigs ain't stupid. They know how to fight back. I, I'm seeing whales fighting like back. Orcas. Like, yeah. yeah, orcas I've always admired. They've always been my favorite whale. Yeah, uh, because they like if you watch them, they live in family pods. I watched them like chase a seal onto like a, a piece of ice broken shelf. ice shelf yeah. and teach the young ones. They mm-hmm. they they move it so the seal comes down and then they stop and let the seal climb so the seal thinks it has a chance but they're teaching the young ones to hunt and I say there's only a matter of time before they say yo I'm fucking tired imagine if they found out about SeaWorld exactly imagine if they had phones and they could call from yeah. Marine Land and we don't know if they haven't you know because we know right. you know we know we don't know what you know they can communicate in terms of sound waves we can't hear we don't really know what they know but if whales are there attacking boats somebody's made a cell call somebody's if it the, the only way that it makes sense that that would make sense is if there's somehow or another there was like I don't know where SeaWorld is in San Diego but if it's close enough to the ocean where their sounds could get out yeah who, I mean who knows what they can say because we don't even understand their language. We know they communicate. And we know they understand parts of ours. Yes. Yeah. Do you ever so, read anything about John Lilly? Nah, it was about It's him. a fascinating story. John Lilly is the guy who created that sensory deprivation tank that I showed you earlier. John Lilly was also a pioneer in interspecies communication. Okay. He was a legitimate scientist, and he would take acid and try to communicate with dolphins. And one of the things that he did, this guy was out there. Lily was out there. Fascinating I'm guy. I'm smoking weed trying to talk yeah. to my poodle at home. That's <laughs> well, okay. it's like you are kind of talking to him, though. They kind of know when you're happy and when yeah. you're loving them. And she they kind of, yeah, they know. There's something going on there, right? But uh, so Lily funded this study, they, they was, or directed this study, where they had this house, and half of the house was filled with water. Gotcha. So the dolphin would live with the researcher. And so the researcher, the woman who was a researcher, was trying to get this dolphin to speak human language. And it can't because it doesn't have lips. Gotcha. And so it was a failed experiment. But 
in order to get the dolphin to pay attention, she had to jerk him off. Because dolphins are so horny. They're like, I don't want to give a fuck about it. Hi. I'm so trying to like, fuck. it's kind of like trapped. a man. Yes. All right. Because well, human. Lord knows after I get pussy, I'm more willing to listen yes. to whatever she got to say. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, your boss is a fucking asshole. Thanks yeah. for the blowjob. <laughs> in all the animal kingdom, I'm sure. There's an yeah. imperative to breed. Yeah. That's how the species survives. Yeah. And dolphins, they live in this world of sharks. I yeah. bet they have a crazy need to breed. The They're probably horny all the time. The and shit. so they found this got out and, you know, the Puritan instincts of these people that didn't understand science. They didn't. They, they, they decided that we're, we're going to put a stop to this. This is inappropriate. Instead of saying, well, it's, it's actually like some sort of bodily maintenance. It, it's also inappropriate that you have a dolphin in a fucking house that's half filled with water. That's yeah. way more inappropriate than jerking off the dolphin. Jerking off the dolphin is the only nice part about that. The rest of it, you have a prisoner for no reason. This is true. No reason. This and it might be as smart as you. We don't even know. Yeah. We have, they have a cerebral cortex that's 40% larger than a human being's. We don't know what kind of intelligence they have. We know they saved human beings. Yes. We know they we we, uh, we we know they jumped on that lady on YouTube and humped her. That, and, and so we yeah, they, they know that too. They obviously are thinking. They fight off sharks. Yeah. They keep sharks away yeah. from people sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And orcas actually kill sharks. Yes. You know, roll they up next to great whites and turn those motherfuckers upside down and they go right for the liver. Yeah. Then interesting. Oh, they eat their liver. So the liver really is healthy. Like yeah. that. Hold on. Finally, taking his penis in my hand and letting him jam himself against me, eyes closed, body shaking. Then his penis would relax and withdraw. Right. She jerked him off. That sounds like, well, I didn't really jerk him off. I like kept my hand there, and he just I sort of fucked my hand. But I kept my eyes closed, and I hated it. I let him hunch me. Listen, she probably had an intimate relationship with this. White people are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you got <laughs> That guy, though, you see what he looked like? He was a real <laughs> freak. Duncan told me, and I know I, I need to know if this is true, because Duncan just brought this up in the green room the other okay. night, that John Lilly at the end of his life was, he had done so much drugs. He would take ketamine, intramuscular, intramuscular ketamine, and get in the isolation tank. He, I mean, he did acid, he did everything. But at the end of his life, apparently he had a party over his house. He had gotten a boob job, so he gave himself fake breasts, and he was watching porn in front of all of the guests of the party and jerking off in front of everybody. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? He was that gone. I need to know if that's true. Oh, we'll try to find <laughs> this is an important one. <clears throat> Duncan was describing it the other day in the green room, and he's always right. I'm sure he found a nice book where this anecdote was being That's explained. even iller than I'll your guy it. who Johnny Depp played. Well, who was your guy Johnny Depp played? Who would, like lived with the Hells Angels for a while and did drugs that was an author? Oh, what? Fear and Loathing. Yeah, yeah Hunter yeah. S. Thompson. Yeah, he, that's even harder than Hunter S. Thompson. I yeah. thought he had an adventurous life. Shit. Yeah, well, phew, I need to find out if it's real. He think, well, he was just... He was a psychedelic pioneer who was also an academic, and he was exploring these drugs in a very hardcore way. And ketamine in particular, I think. What does ketamine do to you in particular? Ketamine is a, it's like very closely related to PCP, believe it or not. Okay. But it also has therapeutic um, applications. Like they use it for therapy. People take ketamine and they they go through like guided therapy sessions. It's very common and it's it's prescribed. So you can have, it's like legal to, to have a ketamine session. What do you think about the, what is it, ayahuasca? Ayahuasca, yeah. So ayahuasca, um, shouts out, love and respect. I just want an Emmy. I just want an Emmy, thank you, with um, Scott Carter, who um, Scott was one of the co-founders of Real Time with um, Bill Maher and Political oh. Correct. So shouts out to the OGSC, Scott Carter. 
But um, he was telling me about the ayahuasca, and he had done it. Yeah, ayah, the, ayah. ayahuasca, yeah. right? Um, he was telling me about the. Well, I'm speaking ebonics, my bad guys. Ayahuasca. <laughs> now, <laughs> but my wife just said she just said to me, "Hey, I want to do that," and I was like. I don't, but I'm with you. I'll go. I'll go sit with a shaman. I'll smoke weed while you fucking go go through your head and, and I, hallucinate. I think all legitimate psychedelics under guided circumstances, with the right person doing it, if you are of sound mind, yeah, you can get something out of it. See, the I got problem dark... is some people are not of sound mind. Yeah, I, I don't think she has sound mind, but if she wants to do it, I'm, I'm gonna let her go for it. But it me might cure whatever the fuck is wrong with her too. It's my just... my mind is fucked up. Like I know I got dark shit buried, so I don't I don't necessarily you know like I want to smoke weed if I'm not in a good mood. Right. You know what I mean? I don't like doing anything. I don't drink. I drink whiskey a few times a year, like a. But yeah, man, my my I get, my imagination's crazy, so I'm just like I wouldn't really want to see what's causing all this shit. Just thinking, you know. I, I think that's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it, it might let you see it through fresh eyes there's and a, relax. There's you. a history of schizophrenia in my family. Too, mm. so, and oh, like, okay. manic depression shit. That's another reason. I'm just kind of like, maybe okay. I don't want to open all those doors. Well, that's a good point, actually, because yeah. there's some evidence that, especially like high-dose edible weed, yeah. that it, it can trigger schizophrenia. I've heard that. And young men in particular. Yeah. It's somewhere around like twenty five or something like that. Yeah. When it starts popping off for a lot of guys. My doctor told me to stick to the um, told me to stick to the flour, and mm. it was, I think mostly just because he was like, "You're fat. You don't need to eat anything." <laughs> <laughs> How much calories are in a two hundred and fifty milligram Chiba Chew? <laughs> Can't be a lot. Shouts out to Danny Brown who lives out here now. Yeah, uh, Danny. Danny gave me the most powerful elbow I've ever had. Like, that that Dan- sounds right. Yeah, Danny gave me some <laughs> shit. Me and L ate in Europe, and I'm just like. Whoa. Mm. Like, yeah, I'm not fucking with Danny. Danny is, Danny's got Richard Pryor tolerance. Danny's a funny dude. He is a good, smart guy. I tried guy to get him to do stand-up. I wanted him to do uh, five minutes uh, at one of my shows because he wants to do stand-up. He's thinking about doing it. I'm like, you're perfect for stand-up. Don't have comedian friends out there, people, because the minute you say to them that you want to do stand-up, they're going to make you do it. Ryan Davis, who's an amazingly brilliant um, comedian um, out of Charlotte. Ryan is is basically just like my brother now. Ryan is like, hey, I told him, I said, man, I think I could do it. I want to do it. He says, you definitely do it. He said, if you come to my fucking show, I'm making you get on stage. Uh, and I'm like, ah, oh, bullshit. So I go to this show, motherfucker makes me get on stage. I do, I do, I think maybe nine, maybe 11 minutes. I said, what'd you think? He said, you were good. You should have did seven minutes. You would have been great. You know what I mean? So I've, I've done it. I've done it once. I haven't done, you know, like my friend T.I. and actually... You know, we just plunge, plunge myself into it. But I, I, I want to do it. I, I, I like comedy. Yeah. You can tell a lot more truth. You definitely can, and you def, you definitely could do it, and you would figure it out pretty easy. Yeah, it's you already doing it kind of because yeah. you say funny stories yeah. all the time. It's just like a, a sharper, more edited version yeah. of that, and you would figure out how to do it with reps. Yeah, yeah, you do it. I'm gonna fuck around. I'm you a should fuck around. around. I'm gonna fuck around. Yeah, you should fuck around. It gives you an opportunity to mock things in a, a different way too, yeah. like really stupid shit. Like you could really pick it apart on stage. Yeah, I, I, well, I found out that all the shit I wanted to say to Shay. I got away with on stage. Shit that I never got away with in the kitchen. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I actually got to call her bitch on stage. Shit yeah. that never works in the kitchen. Ah. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the kitchen, she would have fucking stabbed me. So, shout out. Could, you could tell when a relationship with a comic and their a significant other is going bad with, with the kind of jokes they're that come doing. out on stage. Because <laughs> they're having those conversations that they would never have in real life. Like, man. In real life, they're all quiet. <laughs> 
on stage they're like bitch yeah <laughs> yeah it's funny you could you could really see it I, I, I'm gonna try it I like I like the I like comedians if I've as I've grown to know more of the community you guys are amazing. You're an amazingly tight-knit community, too. It's a very tight-knit community. Yeah. It didn't always used to be that case. Really? The, the internet opened it up. The, the internet changed it because uh, before there was like a supply and demand thing. Gotcha. And there was a lot of haters. A lot of people, when some per person would make it, they would get angry. They'd be upset at the, what, that it wasn't them. Because if you were a comic in, the, like, the, say, the 1980s or 90s, if you got a sitcom, that was a role that I couldn't get. If you got uh, a host of a show, that was a show I could have hosted. Yeah, you know, and and so everybody was on this famine mentality. Rappers, rappers used to have that. Comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah, I love and that quote. You can't, yeah, you yeah. can't do that. I I remember I felt a tinge of envy for a half second once, and I checked myself, said, "Stop! Mm, don't fucking do that. Don't give into that. Don't do that demon. because that'll 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 defeat the rest of your life. Because no matter how much you achieve." Someone is always going to be doing something different or yes. better or something you perceive is better than what you wanted to do. And if you don't do the self-check, you'll never get your blessings. I'm 20 years yes. into a career, and I have come out with what people are calling arguably, oh my, not even arguably, this is the best album. Like my wife called me Friday. Well, she was with me. She said, um, happy Resurrection Day. This is you, you. This is the start of your next life. This this wow. album because you've never done an album like this. This personal, but that's if, that's a heavy statement. Yeah, Happy Resurrection Day. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, Cause, but if if I, if I would have been sitting around thinking about what didn't happen twenty years ago, right? Then you know I would have I would have never gotten to run the jewels, which happened ten years ago. It's our ten year anniversary. We think about this. Ten years ago, me me and Ella in our mid fucking thirties, we meet through Jason DeMarco from fucking Cartoon Network. We do my album, you know, rap music, which is 11 years ago. Then we do Run the Jewels. We out, go out on tour. For the last decade, my whole life has been a blessing simply because I didn't say, damn, why didn't it work for me solo? Right. I was just like, this is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, you got you to gotta know that, that, that whatever it is internal, has, has the divine thing that's in you has a purpose and a, and a plan for you. And if you, if you look at other people's plan and purpose, you're going to fuck up your own. If, yeah. you, if you think, why not me, you're going to fuck up your own. It's also, it's an inefficient way of using fuel. Yeah. Because those same people that are, are killing it, if they make you feel bad, like that, that envy that you have, that does zero for you. But with the same experience of seeing someone kill it, if you get inspired and choose to work harder and realize that there's other levels and and appreciate their work yeah. really appreciate it because it's very yeah. hard for artists especially when they're struggling and they're coming up to appreciate other artists work you got to you got to be able to say god damn that was good and you That's should be, and you should say it to them yeah you, you absolutely say it to should. them you absolutely should. you have to because yes. it, it it's like man it's nothing like steel sharpening steel Yes. Like I can't I can't be no whack rapper. My friends are too good. <laughs> right. you, know, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. I'm friends with fucking T. I. Jeezy, yeah. you know, the big boy, Dre. Like I'm friends with fucking, you know, uh, yeah. my man, uh, my, my man, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just a little stoned right now. But we were just talking about the comedy. When you got like Danny Brown as a homie, yeah. Danny will fucking go on stage, make people laugh, come out and write a sixty-four bar verse. It's just like, yeah. man, I gotta do it. You gotta invite better people into your life. People yeah. that are better than you. Yes. Like you could tell. I tell people all the time, Kobe Bryant was my absolute favorite ball basketball player. And, and, and people sometimes misinterpret I'm saying he's better than Jordan. I say, it's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, it's one thing to look at a guy like a god. Michael Jordan's a god. Most people just want to worship the god, do the best they can, 
Kobe knew it would be impossible, but I'm going to try to defeat the God. Mm. I'm going to try to. And when you get that mentality, you can't lose. You Even if you never achieved the God status, because you've tried, therefore you become Hercules. Yeah. Like Hercules couldn't beat Zeus, but fuck it, he had to try. Mm. You know, that's it. Yeah. And knowing that someone like Jordan out there, though, like when someone comes along, Every now and then in any sport, someone comes along and just elevates the level of performance to this extreme extent where everybody has to recognize, oh, you're in the Mike Tyson era. You know? Before Mike Tyson, people have to understand what was going on with the heavyweight division. It was dying. It was was not good. And you had, everyone was sad because Muhammad Ali got beat up by Larry Holmes. And then nobody ever, ever gave Larry Holmes his just due. Larry Holmes was a wicked boxer. Yeah. He was wicked. He had one of the best jabs of all time. But he was killing a legend. But he killed a legend. Yeah, yeah. That's what people were. They liked him a little when he beat up Jerry Cooney. Yeah. And then they liked him a little, well, when he came back to fight Tyson, and Ty- yeah. he, he, he fucked Tyson, around. Tyson, yeah. yeah that he was, found out. He found out. Yeah. That was Tyson when he was Tyson. When he was, in his young 20s when yeah. he was just unstoppable. Unstoppable. When he knocked out Larry Holmes, it was like, what wow. am I even seeing? Yeah, yeah. That is was... Larry Holmes laid out? Is this and he, real? And he said he did it in part because of the Ali thing. He was he was, he was was still angry that Larry had beat. Didn't he say that, that Larry? I think, I think Ali was in his corner. It, oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. I think Ali said something to Mike in the corner before yeah. the fight. I, see if that's true. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's true. Mike I think is, Ali was there. Mike is one of the wisest warriors too. Like oh I, my God. people, I don't know if it's, if it's because of the lisp or what. People tend to they, they they try to qualify Mike as not as intelligent or they used to, but his wisdom, his sim, the simplicity of the wisdom that he implies to especially young men, I think is is valuable beyond measure. When Mike beyond talks, measure, yeah, and he, also you know, yeah. See, so Muhammad oh, Ali shit. was in the ring with him. I mean, that right there is heavy. That right there is very heavy. Oli, you probably told Larry, my boy going to fuck you up. Fuck him up. <laughs> like, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. And imagine the inspiration when the greatest of all time comes up to you and you're in your young 20s and he wants you to fuck this guy up for him. And you can. It's all. And you can because this all. is Mike Tyson back then. It's all. Bro. Look at Larry. Uh, Larry probably didn't even want to be there that day. Larry, well, he did, though. That's the thing. He did. Larry asked for this fight. Larry came back. He Larry was only, maybe he was only 36 at the time. Probably needs Yeah, yeah I was about to say, yeah. I, was about to say. I don't think he got the big paydays that he deserved because I just don't think people liked him. For, and it was just 100% because of the Ali thing. If there was no Ali, if he, came, if he beat the guy who beat Ali instead of beating Ali, he would be a, another huge applauded heavyweight like, yeah. publicly. But he, he is in boxing circles at least. Yeah. Like people who know boxing appreciate Larry Holmes. He was awesome. But God damn, this fight. This fight was Mike when he just moved different than anybody ever. Anybody that, it was like Jack Dempsey times 100. You know what I'm saying? It's like what he did with like the bobbing and weaving and the way he would close the distance. It was very unusual. And you look at this. You can't really prepare for all that movement. I mean, who the fuck can move like that? Yeah, Gus DeMato knew what he had in that kid. Gus DeMato found him when he was just 13 years old, man. And, you know... It was the first thing that he ever did that gave him, like, real joy, and people loved him, and people applauded him instead of hated him. But goddamn, dude, he was so scary back then. That hook from up under is something that Mike just Nasty. Hook to the rib cage. I mean, he just kept coming at you, man. Kept coming at you. 
But the second round was where Larry started to get his jab off, and it was very interesting because you realized how, I mean, this was Larry, you know, I don't remember what year this is, maybe 90 or something like that. He's 38 years old. At this 88, point. okay. Yeah, he's 38 years old at the time, and he's also, you know, no steroids back then. They yeah. didn't have anything. Like, there's, you didn't have peptides. Guys didn't really know how to recover like they know how to recover now. When you're that age, you were kind of done. Yeah. He was had more so- soft around the midsection. You could see he just doesn't look like Larry Holmes when he was in his prime. But you that get jab to see still that, fired jab, off that jab, dude. That left jab. Is so he still- gets loose somewhere in, in the round, and it drops his hands and starts. Look at that, that, that right hand they just planted on him. Dude, Larry Holmes was so legit. This Ooh. was just too late for him. Yeah. It was just too late for him to be having this fight. I look Trump Plaza. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So, no, this is it when he starts getting loose with his jab. Now, uh, oh, no, that's the KO, son. What would you have before that? I just skipped in between the round. Oh, okay. So the third round or the fourth round. Yeah, this is it right there. So this is it. This is it right here. Look at look how loose he gets with that jab. He started getting loose and swinging his jab left and right. Look at that. Popping it out there. Look at that jab. Yeah. Dude, Larry Holmes was a bad motherfucker. They just didn't fight in their primes. Yeah, they Mike found was them. in his fucking prime. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, even then, even in their primes, Ooh. Mike would have probably got him. I mean, Mike was special. He was. It was different. It was and different. It, 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 a lot of times because of the, the, bob, the ducking and bobbing, even you were yeah. only hitting the top of Mike's shoulders. On yeah. The you weren't hitting, you weren't getting clean shots to the ears or the chin. And he could take it. That was yeah. the other thing about Mike. He's built like a bulldog, too. His chin was insane. Yeah. And his neck was insane because yeah. it's one of the reasons why a guy gets knocked out is the head rotates. Snap. And you can protect that with neck exercises. Yeah. So Mike was one of the first boxers. Does eating pussy count as a... Yes, a little bit. All right, straight yeah, up, that's straight, some up reps. straight up, straight so, up. So if you get caught cheating on your wife, just tell her you're training. Yeah, put like a weight vest on your head. Yeah. Yeah. Just get it. Yeah, boom. Oh, yeah, but at this point, Larry's ready yeah. to go. He's all right. Let's, yeah, let's, let's, he's it's time trouble. to go. He's in trouble. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Ooh. look at that right hand. Oh, that left hook. Larry is still up. Oh. oh, this is the end. This is the end. Then a right hook right after this. Boom, right there. Damn. That is crazy. Yeah, Larry's like, fuck that. It's been a day. It was just crazy to watch him get knocked out. It's a temple shot, too. And he had fought so many big hitters before this, yeah. early in his prime. He fought Ernie Shavers, who many people say was the, the greatest puncher of I all heard. time. Was Shavers as fast as Mike in this time? No. Because like, no. big hitters, if you watch them, a lot of them were, were motherfuckers, but Mike was fast. Fast, yeah. yeah and, that, and big hits coming fast yes. hurt a yes. lot. You don't have the seconds to kind of step back and recover. Right. Like I don't think Mike had the one-punch knockout power that George Foreman had. No. But I think he had speed like a middleweight. Yeah. And that's what was crazy. Yeah. He was just swarming. Yeah, so this is Shavers. Ernie Shavers, yep. and Shavers was a bomber. That dude had just wild power. He wasn't the best boxer, but he was but a very strong. good boxer, but his fucking knockout power was tremendous. And it's, power is weird, because if you look at the two of them, oh, look at that Ooh. knockdown. I mean, that's how hard Shavers hit. Check this out, dude. I mean, this is boom. I mean, my goodness. So Larry Holmes had a crazy chin. The fact that he survived that wow. back then, and he couldn't survive Mike. Yeah. But it's also 38 years old. Like, for fighters, they don't want to believe it's over, and it's over. It's over. And, yeah. and you're, you got, like, 
nine good years, like a, a world-class fighter for the mo like an average of not some guys can stretch it out to 15 20 years some guys are it's amazing like jim miller just had i think he first fought in the ufc in 2005. hopkins was 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 me bernard hopkins was, oh he was the best at yeah, that yeah because yeah. he was so technical yeah well, that's why you, when you see him fight Roy the first time, yeah. Roy beats him with just pure speed yeah. and athleticism, just freak of nature yeah. that no one had ever seen before. And Hopkins wasn't quite at the level Hopkins eventually became. Yeah. Then when they fought a second time when they were older, Hopkins decisioned him pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. And it was a different thing because Hopkins had perfect defense. Yeah. Everything was perfect. Yeah. There was no like unnecessary like speed movements yeah. or anything. Everything was very tight and disciplined. Tight yeah. and disciplined. So yeah. what do you what do you think ultimately is it, if for fighters? I mean, maybe not not just entering fights, just for fighting. Do you think being controlled and disciplined is better, or just being crazy talented with speed and power? I think the most important thing is technique. That's above and beyond everything. Because someone with very good technique will beat someone with freak athleticism if they, they don't have good technique. They'll leave holes, they'll get caught. Yeah. Technique is everything. But if you have freak athleticism and technique, then you have a Michael Jordan. Like there's, there's every now and then a John Jones comes along. Every yeah. now and then a Khabib Nurmagomedov comes along yeah. that has insane technique yeah. and freak like physical yeah. abilities. And just superhuman discipline. That's the most important I thing. I think I realized Michael Jordan's secret watching, I don't know if it was just a show about him or his documentary, but they showed where his brother showed up for practice and was just fucking around playing, playing with the team. His brother's much shorter than him. But that fadeaway jumper, his brother. Wow. The, the quickness in the move, his brother. And you could tell his brother had to adjust his game because he's probably playing shorter dudes. So he couldn't just shoot a jumper. He had to do a fadeaway. Mm. It looks like, to me, Mike took his brother's techniques and at his height and his and, – because and his, and his, you could tell he studied them that Mike's game developed. I want to – like when I meet him, that's – so wow. that's – you see that? Wow. Did you just see that shit? Yeah. How many times you seen Mike do that to yeah. another player? Watch this. Whoop. Wham. Wow. Kobe took that same technique and punished motherfuckers with it. Look at Larry. <laughs> I didn't know. Look at, that, look at that. Larry slams like Dominique. Wow. Damn. That's his fucking brother. That's a great sparring partner. That's a great damn sparring partner. Yeah. And you know you your big brother's great... going to talk shit to you the whole yes. run. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, the youngest guys are usually the toughest in the yeah. family of boys. Because they get beat up the most. I exactly. got hung on doors as a kid. <laughs> I got locked in fucking closets and shit. My, my uncles and cousins just had a bunch of fun with yeah. me. Yeah, there's a bunch of MMA fighters that had older brothers that beat them up. Just beat the shit out of them. And then they're like, fuck you. Yeah. And then they learn how to fight. And Man. then they're not scared of fighting because they fought every day of their life. Yeah. And that's, that's a beautiful yeah. I got a, my daughter, Mikey, is 16 this year. And I told her, her sister and her, I said, we're going to take some boxing classes this summer. Oh. I was like, I told her, you're strong as a bull. You've won a few fights. I don't want you just fighting because. So. Fuck it. You're gonna, you know, I'll have PE during the summer, so we're going to take some boxing classes. That's a good exercise, and it's good to release stress, too. Yeah, that's what I've, I have worry with her. I'm just like, yeah. I just don't want to get a call. You've beaten somebody over the fucking cafeteria. You know what I mean? Well, kids get aggressive. Yeah. And if they don't have control of that, it's not good. Well, she grew up with all boys, so it's less uh, about not having control. Just That's how boys solve problems. Right. Yeah, you get mad, you just go in the backyard, beat the <laughs> shit out of each other, then you're playing again. So she grew up with her big brothers and a cousin. So, oh, that you know, makes sense. She never got acclimated to the we're just going to fuss about this and talk. <laughs> She's just like, fuck it, bitch, it's on. <laughs> you know? 
that's great until somebody shoots somebody. Yeah, God that's bless. That's the problem. But with, with that, with that, with that said, I think that um, I think should you know we should probably be the people who are gun owners and shooters. Just go out as a family. Take a shooting day. The Olympic um, skeet shooting thing is right around the corner from um from a place that I own some buildings and stuff. And I said, man, we got to go out and check that out. I've never checked it out. I've never skeet yeah. shot before. So it's uh. I think firearm safety is like the most important thing. To it is important. It, and and bleed classes. Shouts out to Doc down in Atlanta, farmy, former um, Army guys, a black guy. So there's a place called, there's a guys called the Black Packers um, in Atlanta. Shouts out to my man Coda and um, King General down there. They were in a bar, met, talking just about what blacks needed for survival skills. skills just skills that were kind of being lost with the old South kind of dying out. So they put together a hiking club, gun club, that type stuff. Shouts out to the um, you know, the um, Bash Reeves Gun Club and NAGA. Um, but they uh, they introduced bleeding classes. So before you even learn how to, you know, proficiently shoot, they're like, you need to learn how to stop in case of an accident, which I thought was just brilliant. So yeah. part of their learning gun culture is learning how to save yourself in case you accidentally shoot yourself with someone else. First. Jesus. So shot, you guys look up the Black Packers, mm. you know, and, and, and join them, you know. People should join, you know, where I'm from, talking to people where I'm from. Join the Bass Reeves Gun Club. Join NAGA. Get some experience so, you know, just let the news tell you what to do. Yeah. Get outside, walk around, shoot shit, eat yeah, it. That's very good advice. Yep. Yeah. During the pandemic, I think hunting went up radically because people started thinking, like, wait a minute, like, food isn't guaranteed? No. Like, I should probably at least know how to do this. No, I, yeah. You don't want to figure that out while your family's hungry. I got a call from DJ Swift, Outcast DJ, Cutmaster Swift. And there's an old man that lives on the corner of the main street that leads his subdivision. The old man has a beautiful garden and shit. And we did we knew the old man, you know, ate deer and shit, but we didn't know that he was actively dressing animals in his yard. But he called Swift like, I got a deer over here. I don't know if the deer had got hidden or someone had shot and couldn't and it got in his yard and they just couldn't find it. But Swift is like, Man, I'm out here with the old man. We fucking cutting the deer, he's gutting it right here. And I'm like, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> So shouts out to Swift and the OG, man. You know, it's still going. This is in the city of Atlanta. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had this uh, gardener. He was really cool. He was from Mexico. And he would. He was actually the gardener when I bought the house. And I just the, the guy said, hey, he's a great gardener. And so I hired him, too. Yeah. And uh, Jose would go back and forth to Mexico. Like, he would say, I'd go, when are you coming back? He's like, well, you know got to make my way across, you know, so we'll see. Oh, shit. It's like, I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but okay. So does he disappear yeah. on you and just pop back up, though? Sometimes like... he would. He was, okay. he was a fascinating guy. Okay. He would fight chickens, and uh, they had, like, you know, a hundred roosters in this dude's backyard, and they would they had, like, the whole pit, and they would yeah. gamble. And, and they were doing one of these things, and they cooked a goat. They killed the goat and yeah. cooked it. Yeah. And the health department came after him because the neighbors are complaining Why? that they butchered an animal on their on their land on their on their their yard. But what are you supposed to do? Exactly. And yeah. he was so confused. And for for him, it was like he was so confused. Yeah. He was like, "But I did it all right there. It's all clean. Yeah. I know. I know the animal wasn't sick. Yeah. Like it's okay to buy meat, but it's not okay to do it in yeah. your yard. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any it doesn't sense. Make sense. I um, but I think it's a, a visual thing. I think like maybe the neighbors they should have closed their fucking curtains. Yeah, I was I was there's a famous clip of me I think on Dr. Boyce Watkins one of his um, um he has his conferences for black people to get better empowered and stuff and um there was a uh, lawyer who I have respect for he's done some good stuff but he was essentially just telling people to kind of push back against the police and I'm just like yeah if you're a 15 year old boy 
Um, your mission is to make it home. So you just, even if you get arrested, shut the fuck up till your parents come to get you. But don't, don't, do not push back against cops. That's not the thing to do unless it's time for the revolution for real. Everybody's got the notes. This is the day it goes down. And, uh, you know, people were kind of, because it feels good to kind of hear the rhetoric, but I'm just like, yo, how many of you guys, I live in this neighborhood, I've lived in this neighborhood all my life, how many of you guys actually, like, have a garden? And, right. I mean, if you say, how many people fish or hunt or know how to dress and kill your own food? And they got less and less hands. I'll say, y'all ain't ready to revolt shit. Like, no disrespect to anybody. Few people got upset, but I'm like, yo, you, the, the most revolutionary thing you can do is grow a tomato. Yeah. And some greens become self-sufficient. Become self because that way you don't need government or any or grocery stores or anything. You know, and I'm just like, yo, there's one house in a neighborhood that every say two out of every five houses used to have gardens and literally chickens in the back. There's one house in this one neighborhood that I see. This man and woman they run their yard every day, meaning they get out, run and jog. They have at least eight goats that I've counted numerous chickens and shit and my wife and I drive down that street just to remind ourselves motherfucker if it ever goes down <laughs> these are the people you want to knock on the door and say hey yeah. you know what I mean we yeah. like to we like to live like and to help join up with you them. know what I'm saying in every in whatever yeah. way because they're they're really ready you know yeah. what I mean they're really ready so well I, that's what most people should strive for you should strive for water from a well yeah you should strive for some sort of an off-grid electricity system if shit goes down like if you have a generator at your house, if the power goes off, the generator can kick on and turns your fucking house back on. Yeah, man. That's a good thing to have. Very good thing to have. Yeah. Very good thing to have. It's like it's a game changer, especially in the summer. Yeah. But there's a lot of other things. Like you should learn how to grow food. Yeah. You should learn how to cook. You should learn how to make fires. Yeah. You should learn how to, you know, black hunt packers. and fish. Tell you, I follow yeah. the black packers. You yeah. guys go to Instagram. They, they're regular folks that were just regular folks that taught themselves. My, my sister who grows the garden, Lovey, I never would. She was the wild one. She liked going to the clubs and drinking and shit when she was young. I never thought she'd be the one that ended up like my grandmother. Because mm. my grandmother grew food. Like, but I'm just like, yo, man, these skills, if you got them, you got them. No one can take them from you. And you know where your food is coming from. Yeah. If you're growing all your own vegetables in your garden, if you're all your chickens that you eat, you know what they ate because you fed it to them. I mean, if you're, you're eating like that, that's way better for you. If you're slaughtering your own cattle, if you make deals with the neighbors, I give you a quarter, you give me some corn, yeah. we work out together. Yeah, like that's what people used to do. That's yeah. a, a normal thing. And there's still things out there like that. Like there's a West Georgia farmers. Co I know I'm saying it wrong. It's a West Georgia farmers collective. My, and I want to tell people out there. My focus is hyper local. So if I say shit you don't agree with, that's fine. If you're not in Atlanta or Georgia or Alabama or some shit, I don't give a fuck. But there's a <laughs> there's a West Georgia farmers collective where you can essentially get your food and your cows and stuff from them. Uh, you, it can be that local. You don't yeah. have to wonder where the chickens and cows and stuff are coming from. Well, where is um, where is uh, the Will Harris Farms? Where White Oak Pastures? That's in Georgia as well, right? How close is that to Atlanta? I had this dude on. Atlanta. I watched him talk on television. They were they asking him a question about Bill Gates, and they were asking him about what's it you know. Is it bad that Bill Gates is acquiring all this farmland? It's a little you scary. Know, what a Fox News. Uh, yeah. And so they brought him on, and he talks very slow and deliberate. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a regenerative farmer. And they just, the, the news people are like, you got to hug and pick this up. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I got to have this guy on. And it was one of the most fascinating conversations I ever had. It's way down south near Alabama. Oh, wow. Still four games. 
Oh, so that's pretty it's far from Bluffton Atlanta. Bluffton is what it's called, I think. How far is that from Atlanta, like a drive? I'm well, sure. Dothan, Alabama is right there. Which Alabama town is it? Dothan. Dothan? Oh, yeah, that's not. I mean, it's about halfway in between, but, yeah, Dothan is easy enough to get Dothan into. is where I, I worked my first UFC. Yeah, that's why it's six. In Dothan, Alabama. Alabama. Dothan, Alabama. That's when the UFC was still on the Chitlin circuit. <laughs> yeah, the UFC, we used to fly in propeller planes. I looked at some, some of those old UFC fights, man, when it just be like total uh, mismatch, like a fucking sumo versus a midget, damn near. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, little person. That shit would be Yeah, that's nuts. funny. You got to say little person now. Yeah, I, you, I'm, ca- yeah. I'm catching up. I'm learning. No disrespect, man, to yeah. all my short folks out there. Um, What the fuck was I just going to say? You, we were talking about UFC, propellers, flying in, chitlin' circuit. Oh, no, White Oak Pastures. Yeah. White Oak Pastures, okay. <laughs> if you can get your food from that guy. I'll reach out if you guys got a number. Yeah, yeah, There's, I think they sell in all supermarkets and shit. Oh, that's He's got a giant regenerative farm. And what they do is like the they just rotate where everything goes. You know, the cattle, they shit, they eat the grass. The shit is My great grandmother taught like, me that. They my, all, it works. My great grandmother talked to me about they'd only grow certain things for a certain amount of time, yep. and, yet, and then they move, and that plot of land would be something else. And yep. then, so yeah, she taught I was a little kid, so I didn't really quite understand the concept, but then I got older, I was, I was like, oh, I get it. Well, what he said is that you're recreating nature in a controlled environment. Yeah. That's kind of, I'm paraphrasing, but I think that's what he's saying. It's like, this is how it was supposed to go. Chicken's eggs are supposed to be dark orange. Yes. Like that almost blood red orange. Because yeah. it's healthier. It's filled with more nutrients because they're out there eating bugs. Yeah. And, I remember and mice and my shit. friend's eggs aren't white. You know, they, them thinking I was bullshitting. Because I, I went to, we used to get sent like to Tuskegee. Yeah. And the chickens down in your great grandma's farm, they weren't, they weren't white. And he's like, they, You'd have to come back and tell kids, like, nah, eggs aren't, aren't white. <laughs> yeah, they're not white. <laughs> that, that pale yellow of most eggs. It's yeah. a chicken that's malnourished, probably. Yeah. And you watch a, a dark orange one. I mean, that's what it's Even the yolk like. is yeah. orange. It, it, yeah. It's more orange, and it, they taste different. But, yeah, yeah, we got it. Chickens are ruthless motherfuckers, man. Man, when, that, when you hear people say chickens fighting, like, Man, you, if you ever, like, in, in the Deep South, similar to the places in Mexico, cockfights still exist. Not that I've been to any for federal agents out there. But um, when you're young, you get to see roosters and chickens fight. If you go on a farm, you get to see those motherfuckers go. They, they're nasty, and they don't play. Mm. And they'll come at kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they, don't, they don't give a shit. They'll go for it. And, you know, it gets crazy when humans get it because they put razors on their fucking yeah. shit, and it gets ugly. But just to watch two male anything in nature stands to... To at some point need to prove itself to another male, but it's interesting watching. You always think of chickens as kind of chilling, laying eggs, but those are the gals. Those guys get fucking. You don't think of chickens like that when you have them, no. Because when you have them, you see how mean they are to each yeah. other, and then when you see what happens when they see a mouse. Woo! <sighs> I've never seen them see a mouse. They go crazy. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's the craziest the shit thing I've ever it. seen. They 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 run at that mouse at a speed that you didn't know they could move. Yeah, and they just. All try to tear it out of each other's mouths. Wow. Yeah, they tore it apart, like instantaneously. That's fucking crazy. It's crazy. That's and crazy. Th- there's a video, there, there's a bunch of videos of like a cat like spying on a mouse, yeah. and this chicken comes running in and snatches it the mouse away and just fucks it up yes. right in front of the cat. You never seen this? I did not. You need to that. see this because most people have a distorted idea what a chicken is. The, those motherfuckers are little dinosaurs. Yeah. They just conserve energy for the most part. For the f- most oh. part. So look, the cat's playing it's with the mouse. just fucking with the mouse. Right. Watch this chicken come in and storm the castle. As soon as the chicken sees that mouse. This is the same video? Yep, 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 yep. 
So the cat's still playing with it. The cat's just having yeah, okay, fun. Okay, this is where I've seen it before. So the cat's just like, oh, I'm having a good time. And this chicken is like, what? Oh, shit. Give me that fucking thing. Oh, shit. Yeah. Look at it. Look at it like, tear it fuck apart. You. Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, wow. Bro, it tears it's it apart. Mean as fuck. Tears it apart. That's insane. They love mice. It's like, I think it's their favorite thing to eat. Wow. I've never seen a react like that before. Wow. The way they went after that mouse. Are you sure the frog eating? Was that you? Yes. Isn't that insane? Check it, this out. Look at this. Look at this video. <laughs> Someone oh, said this, this. I saw a couple days ago. This is crazy, bro. This is wild. Look at the mouse holding on like, no, bro, don't eat me. Nah, it's, oh, it's a rat. It's, it's a rat. Bro, the, he just eats them. That's not the one that I post. Oh, so there's a bunch it's just, of them. It's just shorter, so it's an Asian bullfrog live feeding. These, imagine the hell that these rats live under. They're just trying to figure it out, and there's no answer. There's no answer to this. Yeah. And you're, you're in this thing you're food. with a monster, a giant mouthed monster that can swallow you in one bite. Yeah, it's a rat. And they're jumping. They're and then there's a camera on you. So the end of your life gets mocked on a stupid podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Look at this motherfucker. Uh, Keep it going. Can I get you to toss me a the box of tissues you got over there? Oh, my God. Look at this. Here it goes. Look at this. Watch, watch him eat it. It's a wrap. But how crazy is it Thank the way you, he brother. stuffs it in his mouth with his hands? It's so disturbing. Just give me, give me, give me. I mean, that's like a cartoonish animal. I think it's the fingers. It's the fingers. And, you, and what's crazy is you tend to think that animal's soft because it's round. But it's a lot of round shit that you would call fat that'll fucking kiss it. It's, just, it's the hippopotamus effect. Look at him stuffing the, t the yeah. tail Look at in that. his mouth. Spaghetti. And all the other mice are like, no, bro, not me next. He's Look just swallowing it. All he does is swallowing. That poor rat is just stuck inside his guts. Being digested. How many rats chew through the guts? Rats are pretty tough. The New York City rats are amazingly tough. You guys up in New York City got to spec. They're the size of cats, actually. I think they could. I think they could. I'm going to give people this. To black people who call other black people coons is an insult. If you've spent any time in, like, the South, you know raccoons are actually tough motherfuckers. Tough and smart. Brilliant and will attack. Yeah, little fingers yeah, too. Yeah, they, yeah, they like, they're not very afraid of anything. So black people, we got to come up with a new word to insult each other because um, raccoons are fucking warriors, bro. And they're not like like you should probably just call each other possums. The raccoons fuck yeah, dogs they, up uh, all the time. They, fuck them up. We got told a story from this um, old LA gang dude. Apparently, a dude was literally taking a raccoon around to dog fights. Winning dog fights with this oh huge fucking god. raccoon. Oh my god! When he told us that, me and my brother G Davis, man, shouts out to Gerard Sales Atlanta, man, on the internet. Y'all promise, because people think I'm bullshitting. Hit Gerard Sales Atlanta DM and ask him. The guy told us about this shit. This motherfucker was taking raccoons to dog <laughs> fights, winning thousands of dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, raccoons ain't raccoon. Yeah, raccoons ain't. So did they weigh the raccoon? I don't know if they weighed him, but the dude, the, the way he was describing the size, like I've seen big raccoons, mm. like I. Like, I saw a raccoon once, Shay and I <clears throat> went out to a dinner, and when I saw the motherfucker, and then one or two others popped up, I'm just like, we'll just go around the other side of the building. I, yeah. don't, I don't feel like fucking fighting raccoons. Not interested in having yeah. a raccoon you know, run up uh, on me. Yeah, yeah, they might be rabid. You know what I mean? I'm I just bought like, a blowgun once at a carnival. Yeah. Because uh, I had raccoons that were fucking up my trash when I was living in New Rochelle, New York. Gotcha. And I put the blowgun out the window and wait for the raccoons. Oh, look at this motherfucker. 
Jesus Christ, he jumps down on this dog. It's not not afraid of it at all. Not afraid of it at all. Should be able to destroy it, it seems like. Well, it's a little like a little badger, man. Yeah, man. They're like a badger in a lot of ways. Look at his fight stance, right. though. Yeah, I mean, he's prepared to stay balanced. Yeah. I mean, that's a ferocious little animal. Yeah, and when it's a bunch of them. You know what it's like? It's like an effeminate badger. <laughs> you know? You know what I'm saying? Like the posturing of it. It's like a badger's gay cousin yeah. that can fight like fuck. Yeah, a ba- badger's cousin. He does ballet, but yeah, when he's but little, he's he learned how to throw hands. Up. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> Man, I, that's, uh, shouts out, man, sh- let me shout out, there's a, there's a club, my daughter goes to the club now, my, my mom actually went, there's a gay club on what was Simpson Road called the Marquette, and it was where gay black kids, you know, kid, poor and working class kids, it went for just, you know, dozens and dozens, like decades, right? But I always tell people that, you know, that just assume you could fuck with the gay kid in school, just like, No, nah, no, that's a man. That's a guy, man, and he yeah. can, he'll beat your fucking ass. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Don't don't let it fool you. So those kids at the Marquette that have been partying since my mom was partying and my daughter partied at, those kids are prepared to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all that bullying shit never flew in school. It's also stupid. Yeah. Like, at, at this point in time, you got to realize it's something you're born with. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. So what's the problem? Because yeah. it's been the problem in the past. I asked what's my granddad problem? about it when I was a kid. And he was he was like, gay people have always been here. He was like, he's always. Like, he, I remember him telling me, he said, what'd you think? He said, he said we, we knew Little Richard was gay. <laughs> <laughs> Who didn't? I His was song like, was Tootie Fruity Good Booty. I was, it was hilarious to me. But I was just, my grandfather just, it was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, and that's what made, and I have two gay uncles. God bless me with two dads. And both of their youngest brothers were gay men. And um, my Uncle Vent, and God bless my Uncle Carlton, was some of the biggest influences in my life in terms of art and culture and encouraging me to oh, do entertainment. They were, yep. That's awesome. And they could also fight. Mm. Their fucking asses off. My Uncle Vent, Lord knows, we had some battles. My, we put a hole in my grandmother's wall, and she made us fix it. And that's when I realized, like, a fucking 10-year-old kid and a, and a, and a gay boy probably aren't as good as fixing this wall. But we had to, we had to dry. We had to, she made us do the, the, do the drywall and shit. And we didn't fight inside anymore. We just took our fights outside. But I love my uncle to this day. He's married to Lee. Shouts out to my Uncle Vin and my Uncle Lee. One of the worst knockouts in the history of boxing was a gay man who was being taunted by his opponent. Wow. And the, he kept calling him a fairy and saying all these things about him. Yeah. And it was Benny Perrette. Benny Perrette and Emil Griffith. Yeah. And Emil Griffith beat him to death. He killed him. Beat him oh, to shit. death. And it's it's a horrific beating. And it's like, yeah. and Emil Griffith was the champion too. Yeah. Let me see if you can find that. You got that? I'm pretty sure that was a title f- fight. But um, Emil Griffith, who's a, just a wicked boxer, he got him Ooh. in the corner. And he started beating him where he was, like, trapped by his punches. Like, he was hitting him so hard that he was, like, literally keeping him in place to take more punches with the force of the punch. Like, lifting him up. Like, here it comes. Here. Boom, boom, boom. Oh. So now he's got him in the corner. Oh. And watch these right hands. He's, like, literally keeping him up. Boom. Again. You can see the sweat coming out. And now here it is. Here oh. it is. So oh. literally, he like, the punches, the punches. Look at his head are, going back. Yes. Oh. Oh. I mean, I mean, that's it. And he died. Wow. So he slumps, and he's gone. Wow. And that's the very rare, like, death in ring 
situation where someone man. literally beat someone to death. You and gotta you gotta be careful of the buttons you push with people, man. You gotta be careful. Yeah. I mean he probably would have tried to do that to him anyway, realistically. Really? He's a boxer, they're boxing. Yeah, but just, yeah, I've seen some boxers. Let off. The, yeah. the, doc, the the referee has to come. People but come holding back him dead. up though. I know. That's what I'm saying. Crazy. Like you literally saw him. Yeah. 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 Most boxers after they know they got this, some boxers even look no, at the ref no, like no, no, stop no. this shit. But no. he wasn't he didn't want to stop. He beat that dude to death. Yeah, yeah. He beat that dude. And he didn't commit suicide after. No, he didn't. I yeah. think I, I don't know I read about how the, it affected the, him. I read about the um about the the ref that um that there was another boxer that died in the ring, but the ref that committed suicide after it rolled him so hard. Oh wow. I forget forget which oh, because it was. people were saying that he was responsible. Yeah. Or he probably died. just felt, you know. No, I'm sure no ref. That's a it. very hard job. The yeah. referee's job is very hard. Because you're going to get hated no matter what happens. Right, and yeah. you're making these split-second judgments, and yeah. you could get it wrong. Yeah. You could get it wrong. It happens. Uh, Great referees get it wrong. referee for the Mancini-Duco-Kim fight. That's what oh, it was, the ref that killed yes, himself? Yes, Eight months yes. later. I mean, your, your ability to research on, on the spot is amazing. Jamie's the goat. Yeah, could we get you to help win arguments for husbands and wives? <laughs> could we make that shit happen? How, could you do a, a fact check for me, Jamie? Hey, but I'll tell you something. Jamie will pull up some articles that disagree with your opinion, too. Yeah. So hey, just some respect, though. I mean, you, the facts are the facts. Yeah, the facts are the Well, sometimes they're not. Sometimes yeah. you got to <laughs> dig in. Sometimes you got to dig in and go, hey, who says these are the facts? Yeah, this is true. Who wrote that? What What is PolitiFact? What is that? <laughs> what is, you know what I'm saying? Like, who is uh, who's the fact checker? Yeah. Are they biased? There's, someone sent me a, a chat GPT yeah. where chat GPT was uh, like they had arguments of fact checkers versus chat GPT. And chat GPT was like poking logical holes, holes in the fact yeah. checkers. Yeah. I mean, that is going to be a weird thing. When we have AI that is everywhere and people are throwing all kinds of questions into it. AI is beatable. I'm going to tell people that. They did some type of thing when my album was finished um, that essentially scans through the songs, looks for imperfections and things that might have doubled or tripled in the mix and shit. Um, High and Holy on my record, was it, it couldn't do anything with it. And that's when I realized the thing that counterbalances AI is soul. Mm. That's 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 that no matter like like no matter what we make to mimic us, there's something that's in us yes. that 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 is unmimicable. Yes. There's something that uh, and it's beyond intelligence. It's beyond because it's AI shows us you can replicate intelligence to a degree, you know. But there there's there's something in human beings that is some people call divine, some people call spirit, something. But it's something. And when my son, when I when my manager called me, Will shouts out to Will, active management. He said, "Motherfucker," you know what I mean. Yeah. I know when he starts it off with "motherfucker," it's going to be some good news, you know. What I mean? Or unless he says "motherfucker," and then that's when I know, <laughs> oh shit, we're in trouble. But he hit me and told me that, and I'm just like, oh shit, we defeated AI. Yeah. You know, one song, one album, we defeated it. That's interesting. That's why Michael's going to wa- march into the fucking Grammys and walk off with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, the AI thing is so weird because they had that Drake song that apparently was super popular. Yeah. That was an AI song. Yeah, that didn't work for me. So I can, uh, shouts out Drizzy. The thing about someone's music is that especially if you know that someone created it, you've got this psychic bond with that person while you're listening to their shit. Yep. If I know it's a person who's sitting down writing it, oh my, yep. I'm in it. I'm in yep. it with you. And if that's not the case, if it's just music, it does. it's not as good. It's well, like, yeah, that's the difference between a jingle, yeah. though. And music like jingles, everyone has a jingle they know. It's cerebral almost, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a jingle. But yeah. there's something about music that's a feeling you're sitting there fucking... 
listening to anything. It's a drug. Yeah, it is. Music, music is a drug. Yeah. If you are doing cardio and a great song comes on, all of a sudden you have energy. Yeah. What the fuck is yeah. that? Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's real. That's real. That's real. That's re- it's, like a, it's like if you could take a shot, an energy boost shot, when you do an elliptical, God damn, I feel like shit. Yeah. And then whatever it is that comes on, all of a sudden you're like, woo! Shouts out to Al, man, who's helped me get off some weight. Al, Al of um, Claiborne Fit FX in Atlanta. Shouts out to Al because... Alec will just tell on days like this motherfucker doesn't want to be here. And he'll just throw on jams from like the 70s and 80s and shit, Gap Band, Commodore, shit like that. And I was like, I yeah. see why you motherfuckers were at Venice Beach lifting like that. Y'all was listening to this shit, looking at a bunch of chicks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, of course you can yeah. get to And those songs were seven minutes long. Yeah. So I'm complaining and all of a sudden a seven-minute song comes on and then before you know it, it's time to get off, you know? You know what's the greatest on the exercise bike Want to quit? Song comes on, fires you up. What? Voodoo Child, slight return. Shut the fuck up. Slight return. Okay. That one. I'm gonna try that. That one. guitar, just a guitar. Oh, and, oh my and you're god. There. You're and there. also, you're back in 1968. <laughs> you know, you're like, holy shit. What I like, was that I like? I like Zeppelin One for 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 for, for getting me through. You know, Zeppelin One is Zeppelin One is great too. Yeah. But I think Voodoo Child yeah. was the the is my favorite showcase. Of what Hendrix could do, yeah. Like the sound was so distinctive; yeah. it's so different than anybody else's guitar. It was like whatever he was doing was just. Eric Clapton said he saw him; he wanted to quit playing guitar. Yeah, I heard that before. What the fuck, yeah. man? And this motherfucker's playing upside down, right? Because he's a left. Yeah. yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Two Live Crew sampled this too, which was dope as fuck. Shouts out to Uncle Luke. Well, have you ever heard Voodoo Problems, 99 Problems, mixed with this? No, I got to hear it. Oh, it's amazing. They mixed the J with it. Yes. Shouts out to Ice-T, who originally had the 99 Problems, OG. Okay, you're tired? This comes on? Hey. (sighs) You're right. (laughs) Feel that? That's real. That's energy. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to make it through. That just makes you go. Joe is in here tweaking. Joe is about to make me do push-ups and yeah, I'm shit. I'm telling you, hey. that's what you need. You need that juice, that inspiration. It brings us back to haters. Yeah. They can, can get inspiration from people. That you, get, you get juice. Yo, shouts out to that lady who's Emmy-nominated that hates me. God bless <laughs> God bless your soul, woman. I had never thought about winning an Emmy in my life, but because you hated on me when I got... And she hates me for the most ridiculous reason. God bless her soul. She hates me just because I'm not a Democrat, Dick Duboy. You know what I mean? Uh, like, like I've had Democrats I like and I push for them, especially yes. locally. But I'm sorry, lady. I can't be a Duboy. And God bless me to fuck around and get rich. I really, I, I don't take money from any politicians or political parties. So if you see me stand next to someone, it's because I really believe. Um, and if they don't convince me to believe, I'm not going to stand next to them, yeah. right? She wanted me to stand next to somebody. I'm like, you know, sorry, lady. I've, I've had some conversations with her. You know, I've just, I've tried my best, but I'm not hating, but it's just ain't my thing. But this chick was just like, I'm going to use my platform to, and I'm like, you don't really have a platform? Yeah. But she, in her bio, she's an Emmy-nominated actress. Mm. Man, winning that Emmy sure felt good. Uh. I just, I, I blocked her, but I'm sure someone has told her. But I'm just like, holding it, I hope she sees the picture, like. Yeah, thank God for your hate, lady, because it made me care. I went to the I went to the ceremonies and walked away with a trophy. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And to her, there was a study that was done recently about left wing authoritarianism and yeah. the, the way certain people behave 
and that it's just it's like a bunch of different psychological conditions that are they're almost indistinguishable yeah from like you know like horrible narcissism horrible uh, like psychotic behavior like see if you could find it what what their conclusions were but at the fringes when people what what happens is when you have groups that are ideal ideological groups whether it's the left or the right yeah you're gonna get people that just join that group that are absolutely insane yeah and if you don't call it out then you have a giant problem because people are going to associate you with whatever the worst aspects of, of your yeah. like right wing proud boys like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. The experts somehow overlooked authoritarians on the left. Many psychologists wrongly assume that coercive attitudes exist only among conservatives. Of course, it's a I, human characteristic. I did a, a speech for Fire for the organization Fire, and I, I missaid. I'm sorry, the brown shirts of Italy, but I, what I meant was the brown shirts of Germany. That. As the as the left, as you accomplish more power politically, don't use it as a bludgeon in the same way you've perceived it to be used against you. Right. That you you have to you have to rule, quote unquote, in a in a in a in a more fair and equitable way. You can't let your fair and, and equitable thoughts become totalitarian. Yeah, you, know you also can't give in to this crazy instinct that we all humans have to be tribal. Yes. And I am a Democrat. I am a lifelong blue no matter yeah, who. Yeah, 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 you yeah. can't, yeah. that's not and that, and that's, that's both. Yeah, it's both sides, but we tell yes. like, I grew up, I was sides. fortunate enough to grow up in a household where my grandmother was SCLC member had from Tuskegee, had been a part, born in 1932, had been a part of civil rights stuff. My grandfather, so my grandmother grew up on a farm could go to school. They weren't wealthy, but they had food. They had sustenance. They had education. My grandfather grew up working in a sawmill at eight years old because his father abandoned his family and he had to feed his mothers and sisters. So his mentality was much more libertarian, I would say. His mentality was if God gave you an appetite and a mind to build a fishing rod, you should be able to catch fish. And my grandmother mm. was like, you shouldn't complain about having to buy a fishing license because the game warden has to make sure things are legit and somebody's to clean up the park. So I got a chance to see these wonderful mm. political arguments between these two people that loved each other. You mm. know, my grandmother, college-educated woman, my grandfather drove a truck and, and hauled moonshine and gambled, you know what I mean? Yeah. He married this God-fearing woman. He never, I never saw him walk in the church but they had these great debates that showed me that there are no absolutes that there are going to be some things from each side that make sense yeah. to run a, a good household and they kind of they I, I watched them just do it right you know what i'm saying and i just i'm glad i saw that because i don't feel married to any ideology that's beautiful yeah. that's important shouts out to betty and willie god bless the dead man yeah getting attached to ideologies is always a bad idea uh, particularly when you do, we like human beings have in america have two choices yeah you have two choices yeah. the left and the right and, like, and people just like they adhere they adhere to whatever this side's yeah. doing because they want them to win. Yeah. And then you have some weird problematic figures like Trump who comes along. Yeah. And like the, there's a lot of never-Trumper Republicans. Yeah, yeah. They don't know what to do. It's yeah. like, but I, I say in this crazy-ass country, pay attention to the people who have no chance of winning sometimes because they're going to they're gonna be some truths told. Like no matter what you feel about Trump, there was a moment in that debate. Chappelle talks about it. When Trump said, of course these loopholes exist. They exist. He was talking to Hillary. Yeah. Like, hell yeah, I'm going to take it advantage of the loophole yeah. because they, they also exist for the people who are doing it in your campaign. I was like, yeah. finally, yes. a, a member of the oligarchy class says, yeah, motherfucker, we're cheating. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, that, at that point, Americans should have said hard reset. 
Yeah. Like they literally should have said pre Eisenhower hard reset. We're gonna re- we're gonna reform all this shit. The money's gonna work different. Federal. N- none of us said a goddamn thing. And you know why? Because because we're all compl- we're all complacent in this capacity. We're all accompanied in this in this grand scheme that's fucking us over. And yeah. in, and in, and and if you don't have an educated constituency of proletariat, it's it's all just going to kind of reform. So like doing this election, people like, who are you supporting? I was like, I don't give a fuck nationally. I give a fuck that Cornell West is in the race because I'm interested to see what he's going to say. Kennedy, I'm interested just to hear, you know, whatever crazy shit people think he's um, whoever else is running. I'm just interested because the two parties we know we got, but there are all these little voices that pop up, mm-hmm. that little grains of truth. They stand no chance of winning in some cases. But let me just take a grain of what you're saying, and, and yeah. that way I'll know what to take back to, to the party that wins and say, hey, what about this? Mm-hmm. What, why do we have money for this, but we don't have money for yeah. this? You know, Like Sanders, people told me, like, Mike, you're a business guy. You like money. Sanders even said, hey, I think you're going to be a billionaire. I'm going to tax the shit out of you, too. We were laughing and joking backstage at the Amazon worker strike that we were both supporting. But my thing is I don't want to pay the government more taxes. But if I got to pay more taxes, let me pay what the guy's plan who's going to educate kids and trades and scholarship for free. Because that way I'm making a 20-year investment so that my 16-year-old daughter, when she's 36, has a much better country full of educated kids versus yes. I bought a lot. I bought more missiles. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. You know yes. Saying? Yeah. That's possible. But the if you, but, that but, that's but, not but, possible. But if crazy. you don't put them in now, I am a millionaire. I'm going to do my best to protect my fucking money. Yeah. Because I wasn't born a millionaire. You know what I mean? I was born just a working cash black kid named Michael. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and Michael had to, Michael never liked working at Six Flags or AutoZone <laughs> or UPS. So once Michael fucked around and figured out how to sing and dance and make some money, Michael wants to save yeah. more of his money than spend, you know? If you had ultimate faith that the government was going to do its best to utilize that money for the greater good of the community, you would happily give your money. Happily. That's the problem with when, you know, you're saying they have to give their share, even if they do. Even if they do, where's it going? Yeah. How did we come up with so much money for this Ukraine war? Bro. But we never had any money for all the problems that exist no in no inner money. cities and infrastructure no and, no and these crime-ridden, gang-ridden spots that have been there forever. We had this, uh, this uh, police officer on once yeah. uh, from uh, Baltimore, and he was saying that they found uh, an old police docket. It was like a record of all the old arrests from like the 1970s, I think yeah. it was. And he said he realized it was the same crimes in the same place. Yeah. And he felt totally useless. Yeah. He was like, what the fuck Because really we you're doing? just zookeepers at that point. You're what just, are we you're doing? Just, yeah, you're not, we're not trying to fix the problems for real. At all. But yeah. yet, how many billions yeah. and trillions and wh- where's this fucking coming from? And they said, oh, there's a hidden tax. It's inflation. Yeah, and we're making profits off the problems too. With Reagan and the privatization, yeah. private, the, the, the making prisons private. Yeah. With that, that is an evil because once they put a private prison, say in a small South Georgia town, they have to guarantee 70% occupants. Oh, my God. How the fuck do you guarantee occupancy? How the fuck do you do that? You know, in prison. Yeah, The goal should be to have the least amount of prisons in the world. <sighs> you know, we have the worst and and and, and seems that the most. You know? Ali Sadiq was here. And, yeah. Oh, uh, man. Shots I, I love Ali. Brilliant, brother. He's Smart one of the best storytellers of all funny. time. And he was explaining the system that you get put in a place that's in a small town where everybody in the town works in this prison yeah, yeah. and then you have generations like if you get in an argument 
with this person. He's like their brothers on the next shift, yeah. and then their father is yeah. the one who runs the whole cell yeah. block. Yeah. And then they're they're you know it's like you can't get away. That's it. Everybody works yeah. there, yeah. and they run you, and they could do whatever the fuck they want yeah. to you, and they can say you got in a fight. Yeah. They could they could open up your cage. They could beat you to yeah. death, and people, you have to exist in that. People got angry that I met with um that I met with our governor, and and I, and I have a relationship with him, and I'm thankful for that because I've seen some good things come out of my relationship with him. I'll, I tell people, you know, regardless of how we felt or who won elections, there's a judge. Her name's Chief Judge Asha Jackson. She's in DeKalb County. We've known each other since we were 11, went to school. She did not have an easy life, was damn near homeless her last two years of high school, worked her ass off, went to college in Buffalo, law school, came down, um, became a judge. And she saw kids coming through that were just like the kids she had went to school with. They were, you know, made a made a fucked up mistake or whatever. Yeah. She said, okay, I'm going to give you a year. I'm going to give you one year to turn your shit around, to get your diploma, get your GED, let's get you working. And she had me come speak to like one of her first graduating classes and shit. I congratulate them. And her program worked so well that not only did it help to reduce an end recidivism, that another woman from juvenile court named Miss Ali ended up getting appointed. So it's a black woman judge who's a Democrat. There's another black Democratic woman who's in juvenile in, in, in a juvenile justice system. And, and um, my, my, she worked with my mentor, Brad Boyd, who was a white prosecutor and judge through his career. Brad retires. I meet Miss Ali. We become friends. The current governor, Brian Kemp, appoints Miss Ali over the um, Georgia Public Defenders Council. And they're helping by emulating the same program. So like when I tell people work hyper local, what that one judge decided to do as a Democratic woman gets another Democrat as a woman appointed by a white Republican guy to help in that recidivism so that we don't just have a cycle, an endless cycle of young black men coming in and out. Not only did he do that, but I got two homies that are serving life in jail. And one calls and he converted to Islam. And in South Georgia, that ain't always looked upon, you know, in a great way when when those generations that are running, that are strong Southern Christian Baptists. And I'm just like, man, my guy's being treated badly. Like, I, you know, and I say, I'm not going to give you his name or do anything because I don't want the preferential. I don't want you to be in a target to say, hey, you just did this for the rapper. But he made sure that a call got made and that prison tightened up some with his treatment. You know what I mean? And I think that people, especially those who claim to be Christian. Like, I've kind of come back to the philosophies of Christianity on this album, on the album, Michael, because my grandmother raised me devoutly Christian, and I didn't understand it. I ran from it for years. But when I started studying the character of Jesus, whether you believe he was real or not, the revolutionary love that he had for people that deserved and didn't deserve it, if I can achieve a measure of that in my lifetime, I've done well. The last person he saved on earth was a self-confessed thief being crucified by the state with him and I'm like if I can just keep that mentality not yeah. forget the prisoner you know if I can do that then I'll, I'll be a step toward being a better human being you know well so said well try said. my best but we, we also can't have situations where people profit off people being incarcerated yep and that's, that's what we have in this country now. we're, we're treating human beings yeah. like they're batteries because yeah. they are batteries to generate yeah. money and, and we're not putting them out better and you we're not at, putting them out better you look at other prisons from you know smaller European countries they're damn near like college dorms. And I'm not talking about just the amenities, which are better, but they put them out smarter. They yes. put out carpenters. They put out mechanics. I just watched some story where the prisoners have a fucking print shop. They're printing at, they have a print shop where they're printing stuff. Why aren't we doing that? Like in DeKalb County, I think they had a GED program 
DeKalb County Jail, but even in state prisons, the young men, mostly young black men that we're sending into jail, they have no skills. They've made stupid emotional decisions. We have no psychotherapy for them. We have no trade skills for them virtually. If we, if we simply change that, you change the construct of the towns that depend on the prison, and you could be potentially creating people to build the towns versus simply having prisoners that serve as batteries in the matrix of, yeah. of uh, COs and, and prison workers, you know? Well, you, you can't have it profitable, and it's got to somehow or another rehabilitate. And you've got to use all the tools that are available to rehabilitate. Yep. And some of those tools are psychedelics. Really? Yeah. You think we should be giving our prisoners shrooms <laughs> in Iowa? give it them MDMA. You, you, <laughs> yeah. First of all, they'd be way less likely to fuck each other up yeah. if they're doing MDMA. I, I really believe that. I really believe that MDMA sessions, like, they're great for people that have experienced trauma. And yeah. MAPS, the, the psychedelic organization, is using them right now for people with PTSD. A lot yeah. of soldiers who come back home have seen people fried. blown up. Yeah. They just, they're horrified, and they yeah. have a really hard time assimilating. And MDMA has been particularly effective for them. What do you think about that doctor... He's a black doctor. He microdoses um, opiates, but he was on the Breakfast Club. He's a black doctor. Doctor Carl Drake. Hart. Is a friend I of mine. was talking I love to him. That guy. I got to get back in contact with him. But okay, I'll connect you. Would you I'll Would you put him, him over the program to do that in terms of prisons? Like, and I'm thinking oh. about Georgia. You would, well, first of all, he would be the most honest on the pharmacology. He's gotcha. the most honest because he's got you know he's. He's a real professor at Columbia. I mean, yeah, people tried to write him off. Oh uh, Yeah, they tried to write him off. But the thing is, he's right. He's right. And he was a straight-edge scientist until he um, started studying them. Yeah. And then when he started studying them, and he realized that the propaganda about whether it's uh, addictive properties or whatever, yeah. it's n mostly not true. Yeah. And even the side effects, mostly not true. And in their pure form, there's great benefit to some of them. And one of the things is heroin. He likes to sniff heroin. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He microdoses. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, he says it, it's just lovely. He goes, I, I love it. It's a, a beautiful feeling. And he's very healthy. So like he's not, you know, he's he's thin and fit. I've seen him. He's not like a mess. Yeah. He's cognitively very sharp. Looks calm. Very he, calm. Very calm. Very calm. And you can't argue with him about yeah. what these drugs are and do. And he was one of the very first to, to highlight to me that crack cocaine and cocaine, there's not a difference in the effect. And so they have a difference in the structuring of the law. The only difference is you're freebasing it. And so yeah. it just goes right to your head quicker. It seems it's like still from, from, being a, from being a former teenage dealer, it seems like crack hits faster and lasts shorter. It's because you're hitting. That. Yeah, but it's because, because of the, the freebasing. Smoke. It. Okay, that's what I'm. The freebasing yeah. it versus yeah. snorting it. Yeah, but all they coke addicts are fucking assholes. Like yeah. they get on coke and they get too happy. Like, yeah. like we were talking about a guy earlier. He's your fucking best friend because right. he's coked up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah all yeah, coke yeah. addicts hit through that. But yeah, but freebase, I would say it's a quicker. It's a yeah, because it's it's just freebasing. Yeah, just freebasing cocaine. Just... Which I rapped about on something for junkies mm. on my album. I want people to know on the album Michael. And I, I know, and I'm not. This is not just a musician plugging shit. This is really like. The life of a kid who grew up and um, kind of did and seen it all, good and bad. But I wrote that record because I know no other rapper would ever do it. And something for junkies really was just saying have empathy, sympathy, and um, have love for people. Because all of us are addicts or something. But yeah. but that that I understand totally what you're saying in terms of that. Like this, 
this is there 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 is something to drugs past the propaganda we've been fed since Reagan and you know Ronnie and Nancy. Yeah, but are. we're also learning about them from people who haven't experienced them. This is you true. Know, your parents are telling you stay away from meth. Well, there's got to be something to meth. Yeah, these motherfuckers are <laughs> loving it. <laughs> they, they drive their truck for three days in a row, and if, <laughs> when uh, when I was a kid, uh, people would do uh, meth and play pool. A lot of gamblers. Really? They would, they would take amphetamines. I don't know if it was meth in particular, but it was amphetamines. Yeah. And that was like the big thing for playing pool. They would, they would play pool and they would gamble for like 20 hours in a row, 30 hours in a row. These motherfuckers would stay up for days until one guy broke, and they would just be doing amphetamines. So my cousin, Jimmy, um, we lost to schizophrenia. He's alive, but I say lost to schizophrenia because yeah. it's hard to— If you anybody who follows me on Twitter— they see my Twitter avi never changes. Me with my arm around his light skinned kid. That's my cousin Jimmy. It's closest thing I had to a brother. Um, but he he gambled. We all shot pool in school and you know petty gambled and shit. But he was really good. So I'd end up being with him sometimes, just sitting for twenty hours while he we walk in. He'd have eight hundred bucks. Wow. By the end of the night, he have eighty thousand bucks. What I'm saying, cause <laughs> no bullshit. But wow. the end of the night is the next night because we'd be up for twenty fucking hours. And then when he, yeah. when he, when when he, when he, you know, because he was never a drug user. And I honestly think maybe us doing marijuana kind of probably clicked his schizophrenic switch because his dad was schizophrenic and it runs kind of on his mom's side of the family mm. too, where we were we were related through the matriarchal. But you, do you remember a moment when you noticed that something was wrong? Well, my wife and sisters talked about it, and my sisters had told my wife. Mike loved him so much, he just didn't want to see. He said, everybody else saw it. Uh, um, but I, I but we pulled up to a fucking Zaxby's. I said, Cuzzo, what you want to eat? And I had just told him, like, I was like, Cuz, your nails getting kind of long. You need to get a, you know, get a manicure or something. Like, he just, he was what they would call a player. Like, he, you know, he shot pool. All the girls liked him. He talked smooth. He was never no fighter, no rough. But I noticed, like, him kind of not keeping up himself in the same way. Mm. So I noticed that, but I just thought we was on the grind. He's taking the grind too seriously. He need to, you know, it's my first years on the road promo. And, um, you know, my wife said, I saw it. She says, but, you know, you didn't, you didn't want to see it because you loved him so much. Yeah. And he got out the car. He told me what he wanted to eat. He got out the car, went to the bathroom. He never came back. And I remember calling his mom, like, yo, we, I'm not going to leave my cousin like and she was like just gone. So his mother had even already noticed, but his mother had went through that experience with his father. Oh no! So his mother knew what. So she, what knew, she knew she, it was coming. Yeah, and um, you know, it, it's 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 um, you know, shots out, man, my cousin. There's something with mental illness and really good pool players. <laughs> yeah, it gotta be. My, my cousin was amazing. Did we beat DMX out of eight grand? DMX in his. Wow. He got D for five. In the in club bounce in Atlanta, and D's D's former manager, who's the who's the homie, um. I was like, I knew my cousin was gonna drag him. D could play good pool too, but I knew my really? cousin. I said, yeah, I he knew plays. Him. Yeah, he played good pool. Dmx played great pool, but I knew my cousin had him. That night. I, was, I was like, my cousin got him. So cousin was betting D, and I'm telling this man, I was like, yo, you ain't gonna bet on your man. And he's like, nah, I don't wanna get. I was like, D, D, I was like, your man don't even believe in your man. Tell that man put a grand on your man. Oh, we, no. we left out there. I beat oh, this man no. for like three grand. <laughs> my cousin beat D for five. We had a ball, man. We went down the street and just. Just, wow. uh, just had a goddamn ball fucking around in the middle of the night. People don't know how fun pool gambling is. Oh, it's fun. It's, it's so fun. fun. It's fun. It's, it's so fun. fun. And it's social. Pool is so a social. Pool is much more social than golf. Can oh you actually God. talk shit while somebody's shooting? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. And if you watch like guys play for big money, people yeah. are quiet like a church. Yeah. Watching yeah. guys like when when I, I was watching, when I was a kid, there was two guys that were playing for ten thousand dollars. And I remember I couldn't believe it. 
Yeah. I couldn't believe it. There was a giant crowd around there playing one pocket. Yeah. There was a giant crowd around the table. Yeah. And I was like, this is nuts. Yeah. This is so much money. Yeah. Everybody was just watching. Man, I've seen some, I've seen some, I've seen $100,000 move. Mm. And because you, you, you're sitting in here all night and it's like, People, it's like people will hear about the games and yeah. calls will start coming and then just more cars will start showing up. Yeah, I've been in there. I've been in crazy places with my cousin. I've been in gambling houses. I've been in wow. full, you know what I'm saying? It's, my grandfather played tongue. He was more of a gambler like my cousin. I, my, the men in my family were gambling. I never was. I, I, was, I figured I, I could rap. That's about all I had. You could lose your whole life yep. gambling on pool because yep. it's so addictive. Yep. I know guys that were like really talented pool players that yeah. just realized they had to quit. My friend yeah. Tommy, he was like a world class pool player. Yeah. And when he was like 21 years old, he's like, I gotta get out of this. Like, yeah. I've, I've, he, there was this dude that he was playing that was this old dude that they were they were battling it out back and forth, back and forth, like grinding it out for like yeah. 200 bucks. And this old dude was missing teeth. And he didn't have a fucking dollar in his pocket. Yeah. And he was like this killer old 40-year-old pool player. He's like, I can't be this guy. I'm yeah. not going to be this guy. Yeah. I'm not going to be like broke yeah. and yeah. fucking scratching yeah. for 200 bucks and not being able to pull it off. They were like neck and neck. It was yeah. like a race to 11. It's like 9-9. Nine, nine. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. Gambling you know, is just too stressful. For it's me. very stressful. Yeah. But it's also very addictive. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. I'm just not. I've realized I, my, I hit the lotto. I hit the lotto with it. My... um. Dr. Bonzo Reddick, man, who's the son of a lawyer, Bonzo Reddick, and a friend of Vasilo Reddick, who was my friend and introduced me to Big Boy and did the song Kryptonite. But Bonzo told me, he said, you and CeeLo have taken far bigger risks because I knew if I go to medical school, I got good grades, I'd end up being a doctor. He said, you guys are living off your fucking imagination. Yeah. And that's, that's different. So with gambling, you know, those guys are fucking with skills, so I see it, but... I just I think it's a bigger gamble. Sometimes I just live off my imagination. Your is, imagination is a gamble, but it's one that you can control in yeah. a beautiful way. Yeah. Whereas the gamble of pool is just it's a different fucking you yeah. know gamble of poker. People that get really addicted to yeah. getting in involved in big poker games. Yeah. Like, I ain't got it in me. I like to watch, but I ain't got it in me. Golf people play golf for big money. Yeah. Big money. Yeah. You know, talk shit. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Your your whole like future is rolling on a ball. <sighs> You hope it goes into the pocket. Scary if it doesn't, you're shit. fucked because you yeah. just mortgaged your house. Yeah, scary as shit. Yeah, people get wild. Yeah. But it's also, there's something, and again, pool holes, I think, are the best example of that. It's a social location. Yeah. Where people get together and yeah. it's predominantly men. Yep. And it's just, uh, there's uh, just a lot of jokes and yep. a lot of talking shit. A lot and of A lot it. of personalities. A lot of it. And there's like a, it's a, a great community center for I men. Look, I look at barbershops the same. And women. I look at barbershops. I, I opened my first barbershop just because I wanted to have a social center in the yeah. south side of Atlanta, but I wanted to have something that didn't feel divey, wasn't drug heavy, you know, that was just, just just a good place for moms to bring their boys to count. A lot of, you know, so you got 70, what, 70% single parent, um, mother, mother-led households in the black community. Barbershops are great because they give boys contacts with good, decent men mm. who who are a, a mentor-like figure. So I opened my first one for kind of personal reasons, you know what I'm saying? I, was, I figured I'd make a little money or whatever. And we've turned into a bigger brand. Actually, we just got an investor to help us expand it into to, to something bigger. But I did it mainly, you know, less about getting a haircut and selling product. Even though now we've developed product, we sell a bunch of T-shirts. We need a Joe Rogan T-shirt for nah. a job. We need to do something cool, but... Um, I started them just as social centers and have realized whether it was doing stuff with um, helping people get out the vote, 
whether it was helping people get more knowledge, men in particular, about mental health awareness and stuff, they are more, some of the most effective social centers in our community, you know what I mean, mm. in terms of my community. I think just working class communities, period. I'm just a big fan of barbershops for the same reason that, that pool halls are. Right? They're, they're places that guys can get together and it's safe to just talk. Yeah. And just be guys, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Those are important. Yeah, girls need them too. Yeah, I mean we're different animals. Yeah, and what yeah. I what I like about barbershops is you get that special kind of gal that comes in there that talks shit better than right. every man. You know, so <laughs> shout out to the pool halls. Yeah, too. yeah, exactly. They exist yeah. In pool halls. Yeah, at the swag shop, man, we get some chicks come through there. Boy, they 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 make everybody blush. Yeah, and I, for and I sure. love it. You know, we got some dope ass female barbers too. That's awesome. Yeah, having a spot like that where guys can gather, that's huge. It yeah. used to be like a corner bar for people, but yeah. then you're just creating alcoholics. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The barbershop, you, you come in, you look rough, you come out leaving good, looking yeah. good. We, I want a Rogan shirt for real, man. I'd love to get your face okay. on a shirt. We get you a fresh shave and cut, man. We <laughs> you know, we, we give some money to charity or some cool, whatever cool shit we can okay. do. But I, but I love to get a Rogan shirt. Okay, yeah. I'm in. Let's we got go. an Outcast shirt coming, so Beautiful. I'd love to line you up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Yeah, so you, you're involved in a lot. You're, you're like one of the best guys in terms of diversifying your income. Yeah. You're, you're very wise in terms of like you invest, and you always encourage people. You should invest yeah, you in real estate. To. You got to. Don't buy a fucking Bentley. Go, go, buy, yeah. go buy an apartment building. Yeah. And then people are paying you rent. Yeah, like, you know? it's going to happen. It's gonna, yeah. You're going to get your – like what I'm, what I'm really telling people is just the shit my grandparents told me, and I fucked up, and I just didn't listen young enough. You know mm. what I mean? Like I could have did this shit at 21. I could have did it at 26, 27, but I kind of chased, you know, there's, man, yeah. there's, there's just something about drug dealers that's so appealing. You know what I mean? There's, you know what I mean? There's, there's something that makes you say, God damn, I wanted that 20-something. But if, you, if you're if you lengthening your timeline, if it happens sooner or quick, but if you just make some investments, those investments will pay for the for the bullshit. So I want a yeah. Dodge Demon. The Dodge, if you're out there listening. Like I, I that that last that last demon that's coming at one seventy, like just get me on the fucking list, man. You know what I mean? How many are they making? Oh man, I don't think they're making that many. They're only making uh, a few. Yeah, only making a few. But well, I you've wanna... been a long time supporter of Dodge Challengers. Hellcats, yeah. I bought them all. Yeah, and since 2000, <laughs> 2010 up. But um, but I, I love was... that you love muscle cars. Fucking I love. love. That. Give me any muscle car, especially the fucking, especially fucking Hemi's. Um. And any German sedan, yeah. Oh man, I'm, yeah. I don't, I'm gonna go fast and I'm gonna fuck shit up. But <laughs> but Joe's referred to like I wanted to buy a fucking demon, and my wife was like, Nah, you wanted to buy an apartment building for this long. Mm -hmm. This is what you're gonna do. But I just I learned that to do the types of rap, to be free to say the things I wanted to say, that I couldn't be dependent upon a record company saying no or yes. And what gave me the true freedom was just taking more responsibility more responsibility from a financial standpoint and getting smart about it. And then going to get the right mentors. You know, like there's a guy named John Hope Bryant who was the largest owner of single-family houses that were for rent in the in the nation. Then he, then he sold his company to itself and, um, you know, cashed out hundred-and-something million dollars. And he, you know, he is a direct mentor to me and T.I. Also, Tony Ressler, who owns the, the Hawks, is Tony's early 60s, doesn't come from money, working-class guy in New York, and has built a $7 billion fortune. There's no fucking way when I'm sitting in a room with him I'm not going to ask, so what do you think about this barbershop shit? You know what I'm saying? There's no way I'm not going to going to pick from the people around me. Like, I'll hit you in the middle of the night, not about money, but just about other shit, just to ask and you answer. So always seek to kind of know more because it'll, it'll grow you. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So what I learned and figured out was 
if I have other streams of income, and Tip is good about this too. Ti is very good about this. If I do that, I can be more free to be whoever I want to be. One hundred percent. And and that's that's it. So that's I tell, fuck you, money. That's it. That's it. So young men yeah. out there. I, I, I encourage you to always get a trade. That way you don't have to depend on people. People will call you. I don't argue with my plumber or my lawyer because I don't like cleaning up my own shit, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm never going to argue with them. <laughs> they, whatever they charge an hour is what the fuck I'm paying. Um, shouts out to Elliot, my, plumber, my, my lawyer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, um, I just want people to know you know, a lot of people think, oh man, he's, he's a rapper. He's rich. Of course he's going to say that shit. I didn't learn this just from, you know, the John Hope Bryans or the Tony wrestlers even. I learned this from my grandparents. My grandparents... When they were married, my grandpa had a house. My grandma had a house. My grandpa said, I'm not selling my fucking house. We'll just rent that house out. I'll buy an RV and we'll take the kids on vacation every year. Me and my sisters got a chance to travel and go on vacations, regional vacations, Alabama, fucking Florida, Tennessee. But it expanded our mind state as such. When our grandparents died, we didn't sell their homes. My sisters just lived in their homes. We kept the homes. I bought my daughter a house behind my sisters and put them in a trust. So our whole thing was try to live a more magnified life of what our grandparents taught us. Save and conserve. Have another stream of income besides your job. Just simple shit like that. And then you have, like Joe said, the fuck you money. You don't yeah. have to be a slave, a wage slave. You don't have to beg and borrow. You and know, you don't you have can. to make poor choices no, because you, you want more money. Yeah. Sometimes people take a terrible job that just pays better, and then they live in misery and unhappy. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. God bless AutoZone. I would have shot myself in the head <laughs> if I had to do it. You know. Yeah. yeah. I remember working at a gas station when the guy was like 45 years old yeah. and he had a Grand National. We thought he was the coolest guy ever because he had an 87 Grand, Grand National. National. I bought one. Oh, did you really? Yeah, shouts out to man, my man, Ron. Man, They're my, very man. valuable man, now. Ron, very valuable. Ron grew up, his, his grandpa was a major in the Atlanta Police Department, and he grew up a few streets behind me. He's younger than me. But met Ron, and um, after we moved out the neighborhood, became fast friends. But he called. Tell me what's the so, deal with these? Why do you like these? All right, so these come. First of all, Buick is a proper man's sedan in terms of Chevy and like Pontiac and Buick are were like fancier guys. They wore jackets and shit, right? Okay. But there was still muscle. It's a V6, 87 when the GNX drops. It's faster than some Porsches and Vets. It's kicking fucking ass. Really? But the, yeah, the, yeah, and the Grand National and the T-Types from 83 forward, they were just some kick-ass, affordable muscle cars. They were discreet enough that you wouldn't know, but they were street enough they made you feel like a badass motherfucker. So uh. if you were going to work in one of these, you weren't seeming like, that's the wrong, this is my car. Mm. Ron calls me, my man Ron calls me and says, yo, there's a guy down here who has the Grand National for this price. I told him he was selling it to you. He knocked $1,000 off. You're buying this fucking car. I'm taking it home today. Just send me the money tomorrow. How does it handle? Man, they, they, well, since Pro Touring has been introduced, you can upgrade these right. by just stuff to buy on. It handled like an 80s car. It went fastest in a straight line. But now... Ron is building mine over, so we're getting another chassis on it. We're lowering it. We're uh, oh. we're, we're changing some specs on we it to make ham. it. We we actually got, and this is going to make some Buick guys mad. So let me qualify. We're taking the, the six cylinder out. We're having it sent to a specialist who builds those. But I'm putting the Hellcat motor in it. Why would anybody get mad about that? Because Buick guys because you're purists. mixing it. Yeah, yeah. Buick guys Mopar are purists. Yeah, and they're, Buick. Yeah, they're they purists. need to suck it. That, well, I'm not. That, Joe said that. I did not say there's going to be a lot you of old white who, Southern men. Let it go, kids. <laughs> they're they're putting V8s in Porsches. They're yeah. taking a, a GM crate they're engine. Put no and LSs in them. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. amazing. It's crazy.
It's crazy. Yeah, Rutledge Wood had one done. Man, shout, find Rutledge his. is my friend. Shouts out to Rutledge. That's my guy. I love that dude. Shouts out to Rutledge, Jared, Mike Musto. Yeah, these are like all my car guy yeah, friends. Yeah, Mike Musto. Yeah. Man, Mike is such a great human being. Uh, man. Yeah, I went back and forth with him online. I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him. You but got I love his videos. You got him. He's, he's a, got he's, so much enthusiasm for those cars. Yeah. And it's just, so infectious. Man, I was just in Napa with him. He brought his wife out to a, a solo show. I had out of nowhere out there. But I love Mike. I love Jared. Um, Sean Smith is a designer he did those new cars for um he designed those new cars for kevin kevin hart oh yeah sean okay. is an amazing God, guy kevin hart must have a hundred and fifty thousand cars yeah. yeah he does <laughs> he's oh, always got a new car you want to have a great time looking at cars sean who runs autotopia as man he has a warehouse i bought a 96 impala from his brother oh, oh man and sean just has some beautiful cars yeah i watch too. his shows on yeah, the, yeah they did my car word i have a 1969 nova that Steve Strope built for me, and they just they just played it on uh, Autotopia. I gotta so check you can it find out. That. I gotta it's, check it out. It's a preposterous car because it's a sixty nine. You 69, got some beautiful cars. Yeah, I love muscle cars. Yeah, it's a sixty nine Nova, but it's got a completely independent suspension. The side of the car now has the flares of a sixty nine Camaro. Yeah, so it's wider in the back. Yeah. The exhaust comes out that big giant rear Nova bumper. The exhaust comes yeah. out of that. It's wild looking. Coral Works is building my '67 Firebird, and I'm looking forward to That's putting it. Look at that! Yeah. Wow, man, Novas people either love them or hate them. They look like hogs to me, which is why I love them. The snouts on if them. If you hate that one, move to China. Yep. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. This is If you beautiful. hate that one, look at that I thing. Love the five-star. Love the flaring. Dude. Man. That thing. Hey, you go, you got crazy. Did donuts in the whole nine. I haven't even got it yet. I get it tomorrow. Oh, work? Yeah, it gets delivered tomorrow. You're going to fuck around. Make me stay a day. <sighs> I'm so excited. They took it for a drive. Wow. But yeah, Autotopia is a fucking great show. It is. It is. It's again the same thing. It's like I love when people love what I love. Like I, I, I love hearing people talk about something that I have a passion for and they're infectious about it. That's why I tell people too, go find people who do not look like you or not from your ethnic, cultural or religious background and make friends because you, you'll find that you have shit in common. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And it, and it helps to kind of break down some of the um, prejudices and and just, you know, preconceived notions that we have. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, that's one cool thing about hobbies. It brings all, you know, what, whatever it is. Even careers, like yeah. comedy or music. Yeah. Uh, it just brings people together. Yeah. Like, you have this one thing that's more important than anything else yeah. in your life. Yeah. And you all share it. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we're just all beautifully different. And that's yeah. fucking important. Yeah. That's, yeah. it's good. It is. It's good. It is. It when, is. when it's homogenous, that's when shit gets weird. Yeah. That's North Korea. Gets, North Korea. <laughs> yeah. And aliens. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what I really worry about when people talk about alien. Not even whether or not they're these creatures from another dimension. I'm worried that they're us in the future. That's what I'm worried. Really? I'm Just, worried that that's the natural progression of the human animal. I think that we went from these tiny little single-celled organisms to be these multicellular creatures, yeah. to be uh, creatures that live in the wild, to creatures yeah. that have evolved into cities, and yeah. I think we're getting weaker and smaller. I agree. And if we start integrating technology into human biology, that's not even which it seems anymore. like they're going right? to, yeah. that's what it's going to look like, giant heads, spindly bodies, yeah. everything's telekinesis, yeah. no, no need to talk anymore, holy shit, that's we're, what scares me. Well, do you think? I think this is a do-over because I think we've done it again. Like when you look at the old cave carvings, mm. that's what you see. You see some kind of big-headed shit with a little. Mm -hmm. Like maybe this is just a do-over. 
I think they've been here before for sure. Yeah, yeah. If I, they've been here at all, they've been here before. No, I think they've been here before. Yeah. We fucked it up before. They hit reset, and now we're currently fucking up the do-over. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I think more likely Earth is in a really bad place in terms of, like, asteroids. We're in a, It's a kind of shitty spot. We're really lucky that we have Jupiter. If Jupiter wasn't there, we'd be doomed. Because it's so big. It's, it's so big. There's in, so yeah. much mass and so much gravity. Um, so what we have, though, is windows of time where things are likely to happen. Yeah. And th- that window, when, when those things do happen, civilization's done. Yeah. So either you figure out how to get to a point where you can stop that, where civilization can get to a point where it can stop asteroidal impacts, where, where it can mitigate super volcanoes and figure out all the things that kill people off. That's possible that yeah. civilization one day attains that kind of power. But maybe, maybe it's a long fucking road. Maybe it's a long road. Maybe this sort of reset thing happens many, many times. We're just super comfortable with this stage of existence that we're in. We still think the supermarket's always going to be open. We still think my weed dealer's always there. I can call him. Shouts out to yeah. mine last night. Thank hey, you. He got I, so I got weed last <laughs> night. I walk up to the room. By the time I get to the room, I've lost the weed. Oh, no. So I have to call him back. Oh, no. And he, and he brings me weed back. And, and there's a burger place that you are crazy about. Oh, which one? Golden uh, Tiger? That's it. Yeah. And, and he Holy brought me a Golden shit, Tiger burger. I only ate the meat and cheese, though. Um, I didn't eat, didn't eat the bread. That's what's Because I would have felt guilty. Yes. Yeah, coming to you is like coming to my physical fitness profit. <laughs> I wouldn't have. I would have. I would have felt. I would have felt ashamed to be in front of you having eaten the bread. You know? If you but, just cut that out, golden, it well, changes I'm, your life. I've been doing a lot better. I'm Everybody. 47 down. I'm doing I good. No, I'm happy have for not you. Had a Coca-Cola since December 31st. Beautiful. You know, um, trying to cut sugar. I didn't know sugar was in so many things. It's in everything. It's in all the good shit, it's which is which is, is why delicious. which is why I've learned to just eat your, you eat your meat with mustard mm-hmm. now and shit like that. But yes. yeah, yeah, try it's in it, sauces, a lot of sauces, a lot of yep. steak sauces. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I just like steak with salt on it. Just grill it. I, I like it blackened, it. and um, and I'll and I'll do a garlic butter sometimes. Yeah, sometimes do a little that. I gotta um. What is it called? OG. It's like Pitmaster OG. And I, I shake that stuff on it. It's like a little bit of pepper, a little bit of salt, yeah. a little bit of garlic powder. There's this guy named Brian who owned a used to be a thing called um, Bees Crackling, and um, of course, divorce and shit happened. So I don't know what happened to Bees Crackling. But Brian is about to open another restaurant. You come to Atlanta, you gotta let me take you. Okay, like beautiful. He's, he's a he's an amazing. He cooks meat, no sauce needed. Mm. Das Barbecue is another place that does. A brisket in Atlanta. It's very hard to get good brisket outside of Texas. And the further east you go, really? the worse it brisket gets. Because usually people are serving you brisket and really just eating a prop roast, right? Mm-hmm. It's not real brisket. But Das Barbecue in Atlanta, they have two locations, but they got a, they got a great brisket. Mm. So when you get to Atlanta and just want to go to some meat restaurants, let me take okay. you. you know? And I don't know if you know, but this is one of my fake goddamn, I don't want to even tell people. But I know I can always get a table there in, in L.A., Chispaca. Oh, yeah. Cheese Baca's oh, fantastic. I love them. Man, and I, I almost wore it today, but I didn't want to lose it. One of the waiters gave me a replica um, Braves World Championship ring. Um, Big Boy has a real one, so it's pretty fucking close, right? The Braves, you ever want to give me a real one, I'll take it too. But, I, but I've worn this ring, and they got me and, my, they got me and Shay um, 
the world the the 1996 Olympics glasses. So when we go to Chispaca and we order our waters and stuff, they come in our own personal glasses. Oh wow! That's how long I've been eating at Chispaca. Wow. <laughs> And that's connected to the Italian place that's right yeah, next door. Yeah, what is yeah. that place called again? I forgot the name of it because we, we never too. go. But that's where all the meat is prepped at, the Italian yeah. place. And then Cheese Spock is much smaller, much more in the nook. The yeah. other place, the other place I've eaten at once. I just forget the name, but Cheese Spock, I just because I like meats, especially you know, yes. Mozza. Yeah, yeah, that's the name Mozza, of it. Mozza. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they also have uh, next to Austria, Austria Mozza. They have a pizza place that's fantastic. Pizza place, same lit. people, and that shit be lit. Oh, be lit. It's so good. I don't eat that shit anymore. But what about the pizza? I did, you still eat the meat, though, right? Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. So if you Cheese do, is amazing. if you do eat a little bread, and what made me love them is they make a bone marrow pie that tastes. The old chef was Ryan, but even now the new guys do a hell of a job. It tastes exactly like my grandmother's bone marrow pie. Wow. So for guys who don't know, or for folks who don't know out there, bone marrow. My grandmother told me it's healthy as shit for you. She'd yeah. make us eat it as a kid, especially when it went in the winter when she didn't want you to get colds and stuff. But their stuff, eat the marrow. You just pick the marrow mm-hmm. out the bones. And yeah. man, oh my gosh, shit is amazing. I love bone marrow. Yeah, yeah me too. It's huh? so good for you. It's like you're just slurping it. You just, your body's like, yeah. Yes. Give me that. Yeah, yeah. Give me that. <laughs> yeah. There's some foods your body's like, oh, give me that. Yeah. Give me that. I know people don't like the taste of liver. You know, I like, like liver. the texture, but when I eat liver, my body's like, give me that. So it's who's cooking it for me. What I realized is Betty Clunts knew what the fuck she was doing. When my grandpa would get sick, she would do shit like put onions on his feet, plastic bags, socks on. Now I'm seeing like people charge people to tell them that in conferences onions. and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently onions, um, because the biggest pores on your feet the, the, whatever healing properties they have, they go right into your bloodstream from your feet and they go right to where, right to really? what needs to be healed. Yeah, onions. Just look it up. It's like onions. That's onion. crazy. Yeah. So my grandma used to do this to my grandpa. Wow. You know, but the the liver, she would fry her liver, which is why I like it fried. But she would have us eat liver at different, and it was like different foods for different seasons. When when she thought it was you could get sick this season, we were, we knew it was going to be more liver. Yeah. You know, so. Shouts out to Betty, man. She she knew what the fuck she was doing. Yeah. And she, my grandmother was also a proponent <coughs> for working in, <coughs> in your yard and walking and shit. She, they said as a girl, she didn't like kitchen duties, which made me knew she loved the fucking shit out of me. She fed the shit out of my chubby ass, right? <laughs> but <coughs> she would prefer working in the fields. You know what I mean? And they say she was just like a, a tomboy about it. So to the day she died, she worked in her own yard, did her hedges oh, wow. and shit like that. Her and my grandpa would do it together sometimes, but she was just she was she lived a, she lived a healthier lifestyle than I understood at the time because she never stopped her body from moving. Yeah. She didn't eat the same thing all year. There would be times where certain things she would cut out of her diet. She would just strictly eat, um, you know, like say greens for like a mm-hmm. week. She do the greens to kind of flush out her system. Then she'd come back to meats and she had a lot of game meat again because my grandpa caught fish hunting. So. I'm try as I'm getting older. What I'm understanding is what I'm paying people to teach me. They kind of gave me for free, so I'm trying to do more of that. Like my grandfather, with you with the elk, his shit was man, get him some deer meat or some fish. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't really concerned with going to. He'd go to a butcher, but he he didn't like going to grocery stores. He wasn't big in it. Well, the best meat that you could ever get is game meat. Yeah, it's the best meat for you. It's so yeah. rich in protein. Yeah. It doesn't have a lot of fat though. Yeah. So if you're going to eat only meat, you've got to eat something else with that. Yeah. Usually bacon, or yeah. I'll take beef tallow and things like that. I like the the ribeye. The um, what is it? The cowboy ribeye because mm-hmm. it has it has it's, it's more marbleized. Yeah, yeah. That's a 
juicy cut of meat. It I really is. The other night. Yeah, I ain't been able to finish one in a long time though. I usually get a half, and then I'll do the other half at some point. The later, yeah. later the next day, it's, it's harder to get. Harder to get. Jordan the whole Peterson thing to eat the whole goddamn thing. I've never seen a thing like it. He yeah, he said his health got better when he went carnivore. I, yeah, I, I, I oh, saw it's not much better. Yeah, the the thing that really gets you is the the mental focus, and. Uh, well, I need that, so I might do that the next two weeks while I rehearse for tour. It make, your body essentially is running on ketones. Yeah, it's uh, it's it creates some glucose of its own through gluconeogenesis, but apparently that actually we were reading something about it that actually might aid in your body's ability to process ketosis. It's more efficient at doing yeah. it that way, but it's not the best for workouts. I got to say that it does. I do feel like a little laggy. Uh, for, for some of my workouts, like in a little, terms of the carnivore diet, yeah, like I feel like just there's just just a little that I feel like I'm missing. Gotcha. But I think it's my body adapting to not having carbohydrates. Gotcha. So I think that like a little bit of carbohydrates before workouts is probably advisable. So like what's a little fruit. like the outsider says like fruit, fruit or berries? Fruit's the best. Gotcha. Fruit is amazing because it's like watermelon you know, is an amazing fruit. Oh, it's amazing. Shana gets watermelons a lot, and I I I, I can't say because they feel you. Yeah. They make you. They make. They they hydrate you. And they and man, they're just at any time of day. You can just grab one. And when one it's of them cold, things. it's the most delicious thing ever. Yeah. yeah. If they were very like really rare, they'd be so valuable. Yeah. Like if you get it, you'd go. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna have watermelon tonight. Yeah. Like whoa. Black folks. That's another black people thing. When you people like insult people with the water, that's not an insult. People who call me coons is not an insult <laughs> because I know raccoons will fucking murder your dog. And when you <laughs> and when you make watermelon jokes, I don't give a shit because watermelon watermelon is del- and yellow. You eat yellow meat watermelon? Yeah. So oh, my yeah, grandpa would. Yeah, those. mom, yeah. man, those are they're, they're actually sweeter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like honeydews. Yeah. I like all that shit. I like the honeydew, eat cantaloupes. I like melons. Yep. Yeah, cantaloupes. Yep. Oh, my God. Have you ever eaten um, a grape, like a muscandine or scuffandine? What are those? So it, they're called muscandines, muscandines or scuffandines. They're they are a grape that grows in the, in the southeast. You can eat so many, your mouth starts itching. And they're so good, you don't give a fuck. You keep eating them. Really? Your mouth but, itches? Yeah, my grandmother would make, you see them? There Whoa. they go. Yep, the muscandines. They're huge. Yep, my grandmother would make wines out of them. But as kids, oh. you'd pop the, they got a tougher skin than most grapes. You pop them off and, and you um, you eat the middle of them, but they're super sweet, just naturally sweet. And they're great. Mm. I'll, I'll actually, when muscadine season comes around, I'll get some and just ship some out to you. But they're, they're absolutely, get some, get some of those in your life. Do you know when bear hunters uh, hunt bear, one of the things they want to do is hunt bear over blueberries? Because no. when when black bears are eating blueberries, they'll gorge them for days at a time and just sit there. And, and their fat will be like blueberry colored fat. Oh wow! And their meat tastes sweet. They say it's like an unbelievably delicious meat. I found with a lot of meats, once you stop eating sweet shit, you taste the sweetness in meat. Yeah. Well, yeah. you take it's just like your body becomes accustomed to eating what it eats, and yeah. your gut flora reflects that. So yeah. when you get really hungry, if you're used to eating a lot of carbohydrates especially, yeah. when you get, if you're used to eating a lot of junk food, yeah. your body wants more. It just wants it in there. Yeah. And also it's confused. Yeah. Your body's like, why is there so much sugar? Yeah. And there's nothing attached to it. There's no nutrients. Yeah. There's no vitamins. Like, what the fuck is this? we got to f- keep eating because we're not getting what we want. Oh, yeah. Gosh. And then there's the sugar rush, and then there's the fucking insulin spike. There's so much bad about eating crap. And when you just eat healthy food, particularly when you have like very protein-rich diets, there's something about protein that has a, a high level of sat- satiety. So when you eat it, if you're just eating a lot of protein, your body just your 
you get full quicker. You're just cool. Yeah. Your body's like, I'm just, cool. Just deal with it. Gotcha. Yeah. Whereas with me, with carbohydrates, like especially something like pizza, I will fucking gorge myself. A pizza. I'll eat a whole fucking pizza, a whole large pizza. Like and you're a an glutton. Italian. It's, kind of, yeah, yeah, it's, it's in the blood, it's man. It's like it's, it's, <laughs> it's horrible. Every now and then I'll go and I'll, I'll go off the rails. It's like not trying to eat cornbread in your southern. <laughs> cornbread is going to get eaten at some point in the year. Yeah, at some point. It's delicious. Yeah. How do you not? But, you know, it's just not good to be the primary part of your diet. Yeah, you can't have cornbread every day. Yeah, I mean, just a lot of things that people eat. It's like that bear, the reason why that bear is so delicious is because it is what it eats. Yeah. And it was eating blueberries. And if you could apply that to your own mind, like, it's just, just think about what you are as a human. Well, you literally are what you eat. And if you eat Takis all day, if you're into those, like, spicy yeah. chips and if you're eating fucking Doritos and bullshit and ding-dongs and fucking, you know, ho-hos, like, that, those are not good for you at all. Yeah. I've never seen – oh, I've seen guys eat hoes but not ho-hos, so. Oh, my yeah. God. Ah. <laughs> I don't know what a ho-ho is. I've heard Northerners say it. Like, like these little cakes creamy. or something. Oh, they're so good, dude. The hoes. If you had one right here, we'd both be going off. Like, <laughs> come on, I'll show you. They're good. There's Man. a reason why they're so popular. They're, they're just loaded with sugar and there's chocolate and little cream in the middle Let's of it. Let's stop. Find him a ho-ho. Oh, shit. There it is. That's a ho-ho. Dude, look at that thing. It does look like Oh, it. my God. You if bite you're fourth it, grade, that's the bomb. It's heaven. It's heaven. If you bite into that and you're stoned, you're the, like, oh, the, my, it's worth it, whatever it's going to give me. The Little Debbie uh, oatmeal pie. is is that, that's, that's, a, that's an Achilles heel for me. That's a good one. Yeah, that's the one they try to say. The Little Debbie's is just like, mm. oh, that bitch is evil. God bless yeah. her soul, man. Yeah. There it is right there. there. Now they make them into doubles. I'm like, this isn't right. That's a murderous that's a combination. F- that's good. That's, that's good. They are, bro. That's so good. Yeah, see, but that's why. Let's get the drugs because, off the screen, Jamie. Thank I mean, you. it's not like everybody's eating them and they taste like Brussels sprouts, nah. right? Everybody's eating them because they're amazing. They, they taste amazing. They managed to make Brussels sprouts taste better, though, I'll say. They f- put bacon in that shit. That's what they did. Say word. Boom. Say it changed, word. changed what word. Brussels sprouts is. Say word. When I was a kid, Brussels sprouts were nasty. We would boil them. My parents would make me eat them. We like, used, oh. oh, man, we used to call them white people food. Uh, <laughs> like, it was. Like, your, your grandma would pop up like, we're going to have Brussels sprouts. I'm like, man, can we just have collard greens? Oh, What's look the, at this. It's happened? not that you've grown up with more sophisticated tastes. It's the Brussels sprouts that have changed. Scientists in the Netherlands tinkered with them, making the sprouts bitter no longer. Wow. National Public Radio reports that the sprouts began to change in the 1990s. Wow. So they're still a little bitter, is. though. Yeah, but they don't taste as horrible as they did when I was a kid. No, I wonder if they're like 50% less good for you. Let's see. Like, wonder if that bitterness is actually good for you. Another thing said it was sulfur. Sulfur. Oh, God. It was sulfur that made it bitter? Sulfur. So once a year, we used to have to take, for mosquitoes, my grandmother would put a teaspoon, like uh, the tip of a teaspoon of sulfur, and she'd pour the rest of the teaspoon of honey. And you'd have to eat, like, right at the beginning and probably, like, maybe in the middle of summer, you'd have to eat the sulfur and honey because it make mosquitoes. They wouldn't want to, you know, that was her theory. Is sulfur bad for you, though? Well, I don't, I don't think it's good for you, but she only give you, like, that much. Says sulfur is responsible for the bitter sprout taste. As we age, we lose taste buds, which can make them even more, more, palatable. Them more palatable. Potentially why adults who hated sprouts as children now embrace them in seasonal dishes. Oh, there's more, though. What they got? Oh, so what's more, frosty weather converts bitter starches into sugars, leading to sweeter-tasting sprouts, hence the logic behind grandparents remarking that they won't eat sprouts until the first frost. Gotcha. Oh, interesting. Sprouts contain a chemical similar to... Want to try that one? <sighs> Phenol- Phenolthiocarbo... 
mide. Phenothiocarbamide. Way to go. Which only tastes bitter to people who have a variation of a certain gene. Oh, wow. Around 50% of the world's population have a mutation on this gene. The lucky half don't taste the bitterness wow. usually associated with sprouts and therefore like them a whole lot more than everyone else. That completely makes sense. Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, out of my kids, one of my kids hates spicy food. She doesn't want anything spicy. Neither and the I. other one will fuck around with Reapers. My youngest has Tell my taste pepper? bud. Yeah. She, I get this Senor Lechuga sauce that has Reapers in it. It's delicious, but it's fucking hot, That's man. Crazy. And this 13-year-old kid's fucking around with Just that. Going. Yeah, that, putting that, it on her chicken wings and eating it. I was like, that is crazy. That reminds me of there's a, there's a thing called cha-cha that's made out of peppers in the South. And they put it on their collards or their turnip greens, and I just, I, I just never, I, like a mild cha cha I could go for, mm. but the hotter ones that were not. And there are women who like just make them. My grandmother's friend used to make them as Maddie, but that shit's too fucking. My I sisters was, could eat them, but it was too much for me. I always wonder, like, what is, what is someone else tasting? Like, yeah. what, do, you know, I, I don't know what well, you're if, tasting. If it's something just a is guess. too hot, I'm not. Ta- that's the thing for me. Like, my right. tongue goes into panic mode. Yeah, I never get to mm. taste it. It's just, even if I have something too spicy, like at the beginning when I go to like Mexican restaurant, like an authentic restaurant, and I'll hit something that's just too hot. Yeah. Indian restaurants too, I'll have to chill the fuck out, have the dinner, let me let me restore, because my tongue just goes into panic mode. Like. There used to be a chili place in L.A. called Chili My Soul. Yeah. And it was just a chili specialist place. The guy was like a real chili connoisseur. Yeah. And they would have it in levels, like Scoville yeah. levels. Yeah. And it would get up to this 10. And he said that these Sherpas came in, and they were eating the chili, and they were pouring more hot sauce on the 10. He said he couldn't fucking believe it. When they give it to you, they give it to you in like one of them little tiny ice cream tasting yeah, cups. Yeah. The tiniest little cup. And that's how much chili they give you when you try it. They're like, just try it before you order it. And it's so hot. But I think there's people that have like different natural levels of enjoyment of spicy food. And I've got like a medium high level. Yeah. But then there's guys like that that have a high level and then ridiculous Sherpas pouring the hot sauce on them. I'm super low. Super low. Super low. Super low. I like it. Yeah. God bless I like you. It. You're a tough. Yeah, that's, that was the spot. That was yeah, the spot. Yeah, like that. When we get the demon deep beat. No. So you see that one that says Vegapotle? That's a nine. That one will <laughs> fuck you up. Yeah. I mean, that will, there's a demon that's a ten. And your 13 year old can eat yeah. this. Yeah. Well, no. Oh, okay. No. They make you sign a waiver. I was about to say, she's a gangster. No, they made you sign a waiver. That's that's too hot. My 13 year old can fuck around with that Reaper's, like Senior Lechuga sauce, which yeah. is hot, but not preposterous. Yeah, it's I'll delicious, be. but hot. Yeah, I don't have it. I've noticed though that people who go hotter with peppers, they don't hold weight as much. Mm. Like they seem to, they seem to get to the bathroom and it all gets right back out. <laughs> you know, it's and, probably got some kind of an effect. And it probably and my thing with hot foods for me is they go in and come out hot too. Yes, and I, it hurts both ways. <sighs> yeah, my asshole's used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my assholes ain't used to much. You know, <laughs> my assholes used to. That. I shit a lot though. Yeah. I've come to realize it's probably the reason. Even though I'm a fat guy, I'm, I'm relatively healthy. Like that's I, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in there a few times daily. I'm I not get just, scared when people say they haven't shit a yeah, couple days. That scares the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's scared. Like yeah, I'm just what, like, you don't shit. Like, are you yeah. into a doctor? Like what's going on, man? Yeah, yeah, man. I that, shit all the time. Yeah, gotta let I'm it ready go. To go. Don't hold it, bro. <laughs> no, no. You're the pepper. You're the be a stepper. No holding it. Yeah, it's it's. You know, people get stuck up there. I had a friend of mine who had to get an operation. 
his asshole got like clogged up and they had to go in there with like a device and pull shit out of his asshole in a hospital. Was he just not drinking enough water or something? I don't or know. I wish, I wish I knew. My sister almost died doing Coachella. It scared the shit out of me a couple years ago because there was something stuck in her, like her intestines had turned. Oh. So thank God for overseeing my sister LaShonda. We got her home. But they, they you know, we, she was Whew. she was locked for but and my friend Rock D, the guy who who wrote the record Kryptonite, brought the big boy. He had um, an issue. Now, he lost the gang weight, looks healthy as shit now. But it that scared the shit out of me, and it made me start taking my gut health a little more seriously. So I got on the probiotic shit and all this other shit. Shay went and got for me. I'm just like, keep shitting two three times a day, sir. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't go a day without it, cause yeah. you know you don't want to lose. You don't want. That's like if the one thing that would motivate you the most for everybody is a health scare. That's yeah. the thing that mo that's yeah. the thing that wakes people up. But you don't want to have to get there. Yeah. But for some reason, sometimes we need like someone near us or something like that to make us go, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. okay, okay. Let this me get up in the real. morning, drink this warm linen water. Real. You yeah. know, yeah. Let me, let me, let me, let me get in this little three mile walk at nine yeah. in the morning, and I wait to eat till one o'clock. Don't yeah, like yeah. all that kind of shit that I've incorporated came from I. My sister could have died. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Get yeah. get on your shit, bro. Get on your shit. Yeah. Because we have one shot at this life, I think. Yeah, and I don't know if anything's after, so I'm going to try to have all the fun I can here. What do know? you think happens? Well, I think energy doesn't die, but I don't know if you're going to know who you were. And that, I don't do know you if need you take to? your memories. Well, I would like to just because I miss my mom. You know, I, I wrote the song Motherless. That, that's on Michael. A lot of people have you know, played it and cried and hit me on Twitter. I just miss her. And I would like for her to know that um, her and my grandmother, you know, it's my mama dead, my grandmama dead. So I'll start the record. I'd never said that I cried in the booth, you know, rapping it. And um, just because I wanted her to be proud. You know, I wanted her to know it worked. That's beautiful. That's it. So I, That's I, beautiful. Yeah. So I could get that you would want if you do die to know who you were. Yeah, well, you know, but but it's not required because it's again being raised in the Christian philosophy, like my grandmother told me. You know, she says, you know, in the next life you don't remember. You know, you're mm. not going to know if you get a chance to go to heaven because all the trauma and all that shit would come with you, and, and that's not supposed to be there. But but it'd be it'd be nice to you know it'd be nice to yeah carry the good memories. I just wonder what that is when we think of ourselves. If we are this temporary thing, we think of ourselves in terms of like our our, uh, our life, where yeah. we live, our friends, our behavior, our this or that. But we're just this thing that's yeah. like carrying itself through this dimension. Yeah. And one day, this is this physical thing that's carrying you around. It's not going to work anymore. Nah. It's going to shut off. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, unless we there's that. some crazy new technology that gets invented in our time that reverses aging, which they're working on. Yeah, I know. But then, then what are you going to do? Then yeah. you have an overpopulation problem because yeah. no one's dying. Yeah. Like that's that's a real issue. Well, it, I think the poor people will still be dying at least for yes. the first fifty years of the technology. Oh, it'll be yeah. like cell phones. Yeah, and we ain't rich. Right. Well, you are because you, you. Yeah, your contract's a lot better than mine. Not that I have a bad one, but <laughs> you just you told know, me you're a millionaire. I am, but I'm not a hundred millionaire. Oh, no, okay. millionaires aren't rich. Mil mil oh, okay. mil I, I'm, when I'm, I was it, a millionaire, I felt so, rich as fuck. So no, no, I feel rich, but it's enrich. You know, so there's a record called mm. Enrich on my album, right? You do and, have that song. and it means Negro rich. What does yeah. that mean? A bad tax season and a couple lawsuits. You mean the kids? I could be back to working at the auto zone. <laughs> so I, you I, also I, could I, do exactly what I'm doing. And I, I think I, you'd you have think a I'd massive voice. You would be fantastic at it. You are so good at speaking. You're so good at speaking publicly. 
you know, in the, the few times that I've seen you speak on political issues and social issues, when you speak publicly, you're brilliant at it. Yeah. You're brilliant at it. Thank you. You're a great conversationalist. You're a kind person. Absolutely. You want that, and that's very, very, that's very important for a person like yourself, especially that has so much influence. Yeah. Be a kind person. Be, yeah, man. It's, be, it's, it's, you can do it. You Betty Clark would say, be yeah. nice. Be nice. Be nice. Be nice. My, uh, she, was, she was a mean heifer in her day, though. <laughs> My grandma. They, I, she, she would tell this story, Joe, of how there was this, um, there was this pretty girl who went to school with him, and, you know, you know. Dress the girl had to dress. She had right. a, you know hair pressed every day. Right. My grandmother says, and, and that heifer gonna step on my foot and not say excuse me. I pulled all the hair out, and I was just like, you know, I was just like, whoo, you were, you were quite the little wild witch in your day. Don't well, you when, think those back then people were more inclined to like getting fights? Yeah, 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 absolutely. But her sister told me after she died, her sister said that girl wasn't doing nothing to Betty. That girl wasn't doing nothing to Betty. That girl was just walking around her own business. Uh, and Betty, Betty stood behind that door, so that girl hit her. <laughs> and so my grandmother apparently had been such a meanie in her life that <sighs> by the time she got old enough and wise enough to raise us, she would just tell me and my sister stuff like that. Be nice. Wow. Because she had been mean. Yeah, you know? she had learned the lesson. Yeah. She probably had some bad feelings about it. Yeah, she did. And she's, man, she was such a great. She ended up being a nurse, taking care of a lot of people um, in the last days of their life. You know, even after some people, I can remember people like Miss Hayes and running out of money. And my grandmother never stopped going. She never stopped taking care of that woman after her husband, Mr. Hayes, had died. I was just like, that's, mm. she would take us to the old folk homes of Sadie Mays, and Sundays as children, she'd make us go speak to people, greet them. She'd help the nurses change bedpans and stuff. And I think that she realized at some point in her life that what was more important was for her helping her fellow human being and her neighbor mm. versus, you know, being mad because someone had slightly that's, more than her. That's know, beautiful. Well, that's just life, though, right? Mm -hmm. Learned lessons yeah. in life and acquired wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, and trying to pass it on to your kids so they get to skip a couple steps. That's what I realized yes. that 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 ultimately she was yes. teaching me and my sisters. Like, yes. like gets past the point of lusting. Like comparison is a, is a thief of joy. Is something I learned from watching her. She never mm. allowed us. She or figured allowed. it out. Yeah, she did. Yeah, her and my grandpa. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's a different world back then, man. Yeah, I mean, think about it. My my grandfather would have saw her life and thought she was rich. Because yeah. they, her parents got a thirty-acre farm. Yeah, they, you know, he's he's on he, shit. He's in a a, a a lumber company at eight. You know, wow. my, you know, Shay said eight, to me, eight years old, at eight at a lumber company. He was the first person to tell me, um, bread has sawmill in it, and, and I'm just like, what you talking about, Granddad? He was like, the shavings from what they put in. I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. Then sometime at some point. Yoga mats are in Subway Foods. You find out that there's something artificial that's making the bread, right? And all he was saying was they're putting shit in your food that's bad for you. It's not real. You know, this is yeah. eighty. This is eighty three, eighty four. He's saying that to us. What was that yoga mat thing? Was it just a chemical that uses a preservative? It's a, yeah, it's also used in yoga mats. It just, it yeah, sounds just like, hilarious. What the fuck, but. You know, he was letting me know that an industrial food is not right, which is why he would eat when when he ate, say, a game meat or stuff. He'd ask my grandmother to make cornbread, or mm. or he'd eat. You know, he ate a lot of wheat bread. He didn't eat a lot of white bread at all. But I guess, man, they just at some point this shit's been figured out long before people were charging us for the information. Well, it's also people who lived a certain way before that where yeah. they didn't need any preservatives and they didn't need any bullshit and there was no herbicides that were sprayed yeah. all over everything. They well, they did have DDT back then. 
that was a, a giant issue, man. They fucking they used DDT to protect people from insects. And the you know back when they didn't know the DDT was like super fucking toxic, killing everybody. God damn! Do you know they still use that shit in India? No. Yes. Over food? I don't know what they spray it on, but apparently people still get see see if you can find that if that's true. I was reading about it. DDT was horrible. Yeah. Scary shit, man. Like every now and then they'll fuck up and do something like that. And What's up with Roundup? That you were telling scary. me about the chemical that gets sprayed on our vegetables. Well, it's <laughs> it's not just that. It's that corn has been genetically modified in order to survive Roundup. Yeah. And so they spray it on everything. It just nukes everything but the corn. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, the, t- the, the spraying of the, these things on golf courses and it gets in a water supply. I, kn- I knew a dude who, everyone in his neighborhood got cancer. Damn. He had to get a, his bone in his thigh replaced with, like, this titanium rod because he had bone cancer in his thigh. And he was explaining to me that it was the runoff from the golf course. Because you got to think, to keep those golf courses that green, green, they got to spray all kinds of shit in it. And it got into people's water supply. Damn. That's terrifying, man. That is, man. That's terrifying. You're getting poisoned by the water. And, and if you're drink. next to a golf course, you're not in a poor neighborhood. No, no. That's what you're thinking about. No. You're thinking about middle class, no. lower, to, lower upper middle class neighborhoods. That's and crazy. You just got fucked Damn. by this. It's a very unnatural ecosystem. Like, why is there grass everywhere? Like, that's kind of crazy. Wow. Mike, that's you got to get the fuck out of here. You're getting. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no, no. I was cool. There was just that there was. Um, there was something I, I, I wrote as a note to think about that I'll pull up, but it was it was, it was a similar thing. So, no, I'm cool. I mean, I'm, I'm Joe Rogan. Show. <laughs> what the fuck am I gonna do? I just I'm so addicted to my phone. When I see people reaching for their phone, I know it. I get the pull. Nah, I'm straight, bro. We're good. I'm, I'm actually I'm reaching for the more important thing: the joint and the Ric Flair grinder. <laughs> yeah, we got Woo Chews. Who would have thought that Ric Flair one day would have his own <sighs> weed brand? Deserved it. You oh, know, shout out to I only wish Dusty Rhodes was still alive. They, to me, Rick always says that Jimmy Snooker um, was his greatest opponent. I, I disagree with him on that. It was Dust because they, to me, they were the the um, the opposites that America needed in the '80s. It was a son yeah. of a plumber. You put hard times on Dusty Rhodes yeah. to the leader of the four, four horsemen, high flying style, and you know what I mean. It was to me they were the the, the two greatest examples for yeah. American maledom. You know what I mean. I didn't even follow pro wrestling. Like when I was 15 and 16, yeah. when Ric Flair was popping, but I still loved Ric Flair. Yeah. Like whenever Ric Flair made it, like what, what were the years that he made it? Uh, Everybody knew. Oh, man, you talking Everybody about knew eight, the, the, early, the early 80s yeah. through the yeah. early 90s. It was all Flair. Yeah. It was all Flair. them in the 80s. Look, yep. I didn't know they were doing that. <laughs> look at Dust. Look at Dust. They, they, look at the hair. <laughs> the hair was amazing. Bro, how many times did he get slammed like that? Come on, oh, Think man. of his so, life. So after a plane crash and yeah. a broken back. Yeah, insane. And Dust was to me the the equivalent of him from the working man's perspective, a, a shit talker. Look at look at Dust. Yeah. Dust. Bro, we had Ric Flair on the podcast. Yeah. And, and he was just telling us about the road stories, about going into these small towns and performing and getting drunk and picking up all the ladies. Come on, man. He was hilarious. Come on, man. He was hilarious. You got to love it. Oh but the God. hard time speech that Dusty yeah. Rose gave, every man, man, Lord, if you want to be motivated, listen to that speech before before you do whatever the fuck you're doing. What is it? It's, it's called a hard, it's hard time speech that um 
uh, it was a match set up and the four horsemen that jumped on Dusty Rose. You know, as a kid, you're invested emotionally <laughs> into it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and Dust just gave this powerful speech that you put on. Look at him. He's in a fucking polo tie. BS denim on, though. Yes. Listen, look at this shit. I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters to Dusty Rose, the American dream. Okay. I was down. <laughs> Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Listen to those fans. They're rabid. It is the Jim Crockett Promotions. Dusty Rose, the American dream. With that weight... Got what I wanted. Okay. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. Talk about him, Dust. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. Well, how you feel, Dust? <laughs> no respect. No, no honor. honor. There is no well, honor among must... these in the first place. Tell him now. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes. Come on. If you, you gotta know, overcome something, hard times are, Daddy. what's hard, hard times, Dust? Or when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Come on, man. times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. And what they doing? What they do, Doug? What they do? They give him a watch and tell him. Kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. Come on, That's man. Y'all think talking about AI? Come That's on, man. Time. Listen to Holy that shit, shit in the morning. And Rick Flair, <laughs> you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard times. That's it, Jamie. We can cut it. Come on, Jamie. Ooh. Jamie, look at you smiling, man. You look like you feel good, that's, man. That's like you amazing. can overcome it all, man. That's an amazing speech. That's an amazing speech. That's an amazing man. speech. Yeah, that's, amazing. that's the very best aspect of pro wrestling. The, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's to yeah. me. That's the theater of yeah. it. Yeah. You know. That's the beauty of it. Executed that, to perfection. To perfection. Yeah. What and everybody can too. do it. Yeah. Right. And it's it resonates with people. Yeah. This what is, about those people? This is in the '80s where I remember when Hall Steele left. My grandpa used to work for him. My other grandpa. Uh, my dad all of a sudden had to start working another job. Like when when we start losing jobs, you know, when when car companies start saying, "Well, we'll go to this country; it's cheaper." To, man, people in America fell on hard times. Yes, dude, you know, one hundred percent. And that's where uh, where's Roger, Roger and me. Yeah, Roger and me. Yeah, that um, that, that was Michael. That was Michael, right? Yes, that, Michael Moore. Michael Moore. Yeah, it's an amazing documentary. Part part of my inspiration for doing Trigger Warning was Michael Moore. It's an amazing documentary because it mm -hmm. just it, it shows you the the direct effects of pulling those jobs out, and it was instantaneous. It was like the 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 bottom came out of the swimming pool, and all the water just went away. Like what the fuck? Yep. And you just left people to their own devices. Yep. And these people were, and it's just for money. Yep. It's just for money. It could have, it could have stayed in the United States. But they wanted to increase profit margin. And they did, you yeah. know, and they killed the unions. They, yeah. I mean, there was, I mean, they didn't kill the unions, but they. Weakened them significantly. They, what they had going on there was great wages and great programs, and they had plenty of money, and it was a good job to get. Yeah. And I had friends that were in the union that, that worked in, my friend Justin. He, uh, I forget which company he worked for, but some American company. Yeah. And he said that there's a lot of these guys that were like these union guys, like they were sitting high on the hog yeah. and they wanted to keep that going and they wanted to make a lot of money. And the auto company was like, nope, I think we're just going to go to Mexico. Yep. Yeah. And that is a wild decision. It's a wild decision to make a, whatever more money, but to know that you're going to destroy a city. Yeah. And you know, and, how did they let them do that? And you, you know, it's 
there's some complexities that have gotten older, I understand, too, because at that time you have Japanese cars on the rise. And they've learned how to make a cheaper car. Yeah. They've learned how to make a cheaper. Very reliable. And, and, and efficient. They, yeah. They're making 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so they had to be competitive. You know, Americans were used to buying cars every two to four years because they felt like it. You right. know what I'm saying? And and all of a sudden, that's got me. You know, my uncle worked for the city. He was a garbage truck driver. Could buy, buy a brand new Cadillac every two to three years if he wanted to. And so, you know, there's always the balance of now people are invested. You got investors want greater returns. It's It wasn't just, I don't think it was a simple fuck you as much as in order to stay competitive, we're going to have to do. You know, the Dodge K car was shitty. They, they made some terrible cars. There's yeah. no doubt about it that. Could, it couldn't compete. But by the time they got it figured out, they got it figured out, but it didn't get figured out in the 80s when it needed to, so it got decimated. But it's just that that decision to take the companies and just shut them down there yeah. and move them to somewhere else yeah. where you could pay people less money, it doesn't just involve money. It right. involves like these all these people that work for you. Yeah. Is it supposed to be like some sort of sort of a community? Yeah. They're all work, you, hopefully, you enjoy being around each yeah. other, working together. Yeah. You're just going to crush all of their lives. Yeah. That's a wild decision to make. No, it is. It is. It's a wild yeah, decision to make just for money. Yeah. And it's just one of those ones that just happened before most people were aware it was even going on. Yeah. And it happens in the middle of the crack era. I didn't know about it at all until that documentary. Really? I know. Well, I knew something happened. And yeah. Detroit crashed, and but I didn't know the like the real fucking horrors. Yeah. That those p- people went through yeah. when they just pulled the plug on it yeah. like that. One of the most the coolest one, a happiest moment I had. I did a uh, commercial for Cadillac for the Cadillac V. They let me drive one for a year. It was it was pretty dope. It wasn't a V, but it was pretty plush. Um, the daughter, I mean the granddaughter, of a of a assembly line worker, was the director of that department and over everything. Oh. And I and like you said, I just thought when you said community, that's what yeah. made me think about it. Her grandfather had worked the assembly line for either Cadillac or GM, which owns, of course, Cadillac, Chevrolet, Buick, Olds, Pontiac, had been on the assembly line. And here was his granddaughter is college-educated now and running this department. That's ultimately, at its, at its best, that's what this country can be. It yeah. is, you know what I mean? But even when I say Dodge, like, you know, the K-Card, it, it was, you know, Dodge was struggling. Lee Iacocca, I think, was over it at the time. He couldn't, couldn't bring it home for that. But shit, by the time a single father who was a black dude when it came time in the 2009s and 10s, when it came time to bring the um, Charger back, he was like, we're going to give guys a four-door muscle car. Mm-hmm. And, and and did it and brought, like, they've been dominating ever since. You know what I'm saying? In terms of just cool muscle car shit. People so, like cool shit. Yeah, people like cool <laughs> shit. And I, and I believe America, that's what separates the swag shop from other barbershops. The mm. same thing that separates American cars from some other, you know, affordable cars. Like, motherfuckers, our shit is cool. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's undeniable coolness in that Challenger. You yes. dr- the rumble of that thing. I mean, that thing, this, and it looks like a modern old supercar, a absolutely. modeled old muscle car. And when you're 6'3", like me, it's comfortable mm, as shit. Right, you know, it's a big I, car. I, yeah, it's in, in, it, and just in terms of the interior of it, I drove a few years ago, GM took me, uh, sorry, GQ took me out to drive the the Hellcat, the Mustang, and the Camaro. Enjoyed every one of the rides. Uh, mm. Was most comfortable in that cat. You know, ass fit, seatbelt mm. wasn't too tight. You know what I mean? And it's just got a, a great amount of pickup. It just feels oh, good, feels even if you don't use it. Yeah. It's a violent drive, though. Like mm. if you're if you're not like you and I are used to muscle cars. It's yeah. a it's a violent drive. You know? It's, yeah, it's not like the acceleration of a Subaru. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> even Subarus, they make that WRX. That yeah. thing is fast as shit. 
But there's something about those, those preposterous. Yeah, look at this. Look at that's a beautiful car. It's a beautiful car. I mean, they fucking nailed it. They really did make it looks like, like a modern version yep. of a muscle car. Yep. I drove a, a Hellcat. I did a special. Oh, look at that thing go. <laughs> I drove a, a Hellcat in 2014. Yeah. I was in uh, Denver. They let me borrow it when I was filming my special. Yeah. And it was, I was like, it's like a big GT car. That's what it's like. Yeah. It's like yeah. A, a big yeah. two-door, like super comfortable, fat, and it's all American. Yep. Funny as shit. Who knows get, where the parts are coming from? I get a call. <laughs> I had a call from my bro, man. My guy Gerard sells Atlanta. I get a call from G. He's like, bro, my man just hit me in Augusta. They got one um, for this price. All you got to do is is come grab it. It's raining, and I got a podcast to do with one of the homies, Seabone from Purple Ribbon All Stars. Me and Shay and G Uber down there. Or I think no, just me and her Uber down there. To Augusta, which is like two hours away, two two and a half. Two hours. hour Ubered. Yeah, we two hour Ubered. So you had to drive it back. We went down there to pick it up. Took wow. cash down there. Like, yo, we came with the money. This asshole car sales, like uh, car places, please get rid of the assholes. Like, like South Atlanta Mercedes with the asshole who I'll tell you a story about later who didn't just want to say I'm sorry and apologize and lost a customer for life. But we went down there. Said, yo, this is the price you want. This is what we got. Agreed upon the price. And then right at the last minute, this guy just decided he didn't want to be out negotiated by a chick. So he tried to add an extra, like, 500000 bucks on something. And she's like, nope, we're not paying it. And she's like, excuse me? You don't get the car? And she's like, nope, we're not paying it. We're going to pay you this much. We got a car. We know you guys can't get this car off to it relatively quickly. It's the end of the month, so you got to get shit. This is what we're paying. And the dude's like, well, we're not going to get She's like, well, Snow Uber's going to come get us now. We're going to leave with this car. Who's your boss? She has them call the general manager, the guy over the whole thing. And she says, excuse me, sir, I want to give you this much money cash, but this motherfucker right here is tripping over $500. And she looks at her and looks at the guy and says, give her the fucking car. And we and we and we drive that motherfucker back to Atlanta wow. to make. Drive. I, I I told a girl to be a woman, you got balls. Cause I was ready. To be, what the fuck is five hundred? I'll pay. You know what I mean? I, right, right. She was like, right. no, we're not doing it. No, nope. that is some sneaky shit. Yeah, man. She was just tag like, it on once you've already gotten yeah, there. Yeah, and she was just like, nah, Ooh. we ain't doing it. I wanted gross. the car so bad. You know what I'm saying? I'm just yeah. a car. I, was like, I don't give a fuck. I right, pay right, strippers. Right. You know, no, what I, mean? I get it, but yeah. it's just dealing with a person like yeah, that that yeah. does that. That's that funny scene in Fargo where they're always trying to upcharge. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was they such a great had, movie. Yeah. That was a great fucking movie. Yeah. But that's just the weird thing about people when they're that's their job. Their job yeah. is to sell you shit. Yeah. They try that's what they're trying to do. They're yeah. trying to bullshit you and yeah. sell you some shit. That, so I get a South Atlanta Mercedes shit. So I go, I take her S five fifty down there. Should we blow this up like this? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because okay. the dude's a fucking asshole. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm not gonna name his fucking name, okay. but the guy who's over the whole department is, is is amazing. He was he was cool as fuck. But there's this guy. So I go in. My last name is Render, which is a, a very rare last name. It's not a not a lot. Usually, if you he say Render within the southeast, they, we're related in some capacity. So I had called them and say, Hey, how much for this? Give me an estimate. I'll see if I'll do it. They when I that when I got down to the estimate that they told me was radically different, like double or triple. I'm like, this is what the fuck you told me? You're talking about five, six grand. This motherfucker talking about 14 grand or something. This doesn't make any sense, right? Um, the guy says, I told the lady, I said, there has to be some mistake. Let's figure it out. So the guy comes from the back, and he's total, total like, 
I was a sucker in high school, so now I got ta- a tattoo sleeve. I got mm. a, I got a funky haircut, mm. and, and now I'm just a fucking man type guy. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, there's something to be sometimes. Sh- oh, there's no mistake. I'm, I'm like, excuse me. I'm like, I'm like, hold on. Why are you talking loud <laughs> to me? Don't do that. You know what I mean? And we, we, we end up. He's like, I'm going to show you, and you're going to have to pay. And I'm just like, no, this is. There's a mistake here. So whoever was there, their name was Shay S H A E. My wife's name is S H A Y. When they put her in, in terms of her name's actually Shana S H A N A, but S H A Y is how they put her in there. And I'm just like. After going back and forth with this motherfucker for like eight minutes, I looked and I said, motherfucker, that's not my wife. What the fuck you talking about? This is her. And he looks at me and it just drains out of his face. You can see he's like, oh, I fucked up. I've t- accused the customer of lying. Oh, I would have been double on no. charge. He doesn't have the respect to say I apologize and, 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 and literally just shake my hand. Yeah. Doesn't have the respect to do that. So I told them when I went back and talked to the guy who ran the auto department, I said, "Man, you've been great. I'll just, I'll never use you guys again. And I'm and I'm going to I plan on buying a Mercedes and I'll, and I'll never buy from here. I drive 40 minutes north to Buckhead and I'll buy it from another dealership. Whoa! Just I, I'll never shut there. And now if I come back and that guy's fired, he's gone. You know, I'll reconsider. So when I go back home, I go peek in. Are you still here? Nope. Fuck. <laughs> you know, just because you got to You can't. You can't do that, man. No, you can't. You can't do you, that. Poor customer service. When I talk to, to my like, employees, why is he raising his voice at me. I'm just like, yeah. bro, like, don't do that. You like, I like, he doesn't don't. even know yeah. what's going on. Yet. Yeah, yeah. It, what shouldn't he initially say? Is this you? Or let's just go to my office and get this thing figured out. Right, but but, don't, but imagine just that showing yeah. you that you yeah. would look right out and go, no, no, and that you would be that done. That would have been it. That would be instant. That would have been it. But people want to be right. Yeah. That's the problem with online shit sometimes. Yeah, you know, so 100%. Just like, yeah, yeah just people like, want to—they like to fight. Yeah, they want to be right. Well, people like to people like to talk. People don't like to fight for real. No, not. Now, for I was real. just in a hotel in New York, and a guy was—I was just like, the guy was wanted to fight, and I'm just like, you don't want to fight. Like, first I can fight a little, but the little I can't fight, I'm going to take this thumb, <laughs> and I'm going to put it in your eye, and you're not going to have an eye the rest of your life. Because you're going to want to walk up to me and you're going to want to talk shit. I'm going to feign like I'm afraid. And then I'm going to put my thumb right in your eye till I touch the back of your skull. And you're not going to have an eye because that's how I fight. He was a security guard and he was he attempted to say something. I said, you're lying. Don't lie to me. I've, I've only stayed in this place the last decade. I've spent over a quarter million dollars staying here. Don't don't do that. Don't lie to me. You know, just go get me someone who can accommodate me. But, you know, it turned into a, well, he would, thought it was a yelling match. And I was telling my customer, fuck you. Now I said, if you hit me now, I'm going to sue the hotel. But if you walk up to me and get within these many inches, I'm going to feign and I'm going to put my thumb through your fucking eye. Mm. And that's, that's for real. That's anywhere in the world. So just know when you run up on me trying to fight, you, you, you might leave Alice because I'm not going to fight you. <sighs> not going to fight you. Yeah, don't fight people. Yeah, don't fight. Don't, don't yeah, don't invite the yeah. fight. If you want to fight, go do what I'm gonna do when I go home. Go join a jujitsu class. You know, get slammed <laughs> on your back by someone who knows what the fuck they're doing. But on a street fight, there are no rules. I'm not going. I'm not fucking boxing you. I'm not yeah. letting you get your arm around my neck. I'm going to go for the softest, weakest point on your body. If I have a blade on me, I'm going to stab you in your throat, and you're going to have to figure out how to stop that artery from bleeding. But I'm not fighting you. I stopped that fighting shit in high school. Yeah. 
And you're not trying to fight anybody I'm, listen, either. Listen, again, Which, I'm not it, fighting. Again. Yeah, fuck trying to fight. Yeah, I don't want to exactly. fight. I want to smoke marijuana. Yes. Go see the wonderful ladies of the Blue Flame with my lady. I want to drive muscle cars. I am not into having who's got the biggest dick contest in yes. my 40s. Nope. Beautiful. Nope. And that way, nope. if someone does want to fight you, it's 100% them. Yeah, it's not me. It's not me. Yep. But yeah. if you get within my striking distance, yeah, yeah I'm not going to let you hit me. <laughs> yeah, dangerous. Yeah, people yeah, are dangerous. Yeah, I'm not you gonna never do. know what people are going to do. Yeah. I, I had that situation with Dave in, uh, in, in L.A. Yeah. The guy ran up on stage. Yeah, we're not going to do that. The guy ran up on stage with me in South yeah. by Southwest, me and LP. That's when I... First tour, my, my first rotator cuff tear. The guy was schizophrenic, God bless his soul, homeless guy, you know. But, man, you got to be prepared. Mickey yeah. um, Selch of um, Carrie Trainer on um, – Mick, Mick has, a, has a podcast I'm jumping on too. But Mick talks about that all the time, and he puts it up on his page, just situational awareness. Mm. Best thing to do is just get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Like I was saying, like when the dude kind of walked in, like, yo, what the fuck? I don't want to start laughing. I step back, what the fuck is this dude doing? Let this elevator come. Let me get the fuck out of here. Because, mm. you know, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I'm like an animal. If you look at a lion, a lion before a lion, a lion sees a human coming, oh, let me get the fuck out of here. Humans yeah. are smaller, weaker, but they don't even get the fuck out of here. I've, I've heard they kill some shit and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but, but, but if pressed, it's going to come out that corner fighting. So, yeah. You know, hence, raccoons kick dogs' asses. Black people shouldn't keep using that as an insult to one another. Raccoons are pretty gnarly. The craziest thing is watching <laughs> badgers fight off wolves. They fight off everybody. Yeah. Everybody can fuck off. Yeah. Those little things. They're low and mean. They're crazy. That's Who? a wild Which little... college has the badger as a, what's her name? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Badger. He's a wizard. Jamie, man. This is your Scotty Pippen, bro. <laughs> Don't get old and mean like Scotty, man. Don't do that. Don't turn on What's that about? Man, what the fuck? That's sad. That makes I, me sad. When you have a hoary wife, though. You know, yeah. wives and children yeah. can drive can drive can drive good kings mad, man. Yeah, God bless, man. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It definitely can happen. Yeah. Man, your life is in a shambles. I mean, if you read the Bible, it's a pretty interesting book. The first mm -hmm. half, man, when it talks about the kings and their mm -hmm. want for women, you look at King David and his want for Bathsheba, sent the man to the front lines to die. You know, and it's been throughout history, people yeah. have been involved in those kind of situations. The wrong person actually, in your life. I actually think that's what parts of the Bible are about. Again, I'm not a believer in even Abrahamic religion, but I was raised, so I'm trying to take less than what I've learned. A lot of that shit was just about, bro. Yeah. It gets crazy, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It gets it's, crazy. It's, 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 that's it's, their version of it gets crazy, bro. It gets bro. crazy, bro. Yeah. yeah. Think about what it's you're lessons doing. Lessons to learn. Yeah, be careful what you ask for, bro. You wanted yeah. her, bro. Yeah. You know, your first child is going to die. Yeah. With her, you know, her, you know, it's like, God damn, bro, you know, but you get, you get, you get an amazingly talented kid out of her too. You get to redeem it all, but God's going to let you feel it a little. You How know? much would you pay to have been there when they first started writing that stuff down? Oh. Like, try to figure out what did you know? Where are you getting these stories? From? I just would have liked to inject, Hey man, can we keep, can we, you know, can we make sure Africa it, it, you know, we could talk more about the black folks. You know, that's all I would have just been like. Yeah, like, I, in there. Yeah, I, yeah like, like, bro, like, come on, bro. Like, you know we were there. Like, not only there, you know, you you know Ethiopia, Somalia, Kenya. All these, like, you know all this shit once was just Nubia, even before it was called Egypt. Like, it's like, come right. on, bro. Like, like, a lot of this shit is based on, like, why do the Ten Commandments sound eerily like, these these um a, uh, these affirmations from Egypt like what like yeah. what you know I would have um I would have said it, but you know man you I gotta just say man to Western society propaganda man y'all have mastered this shit 
Bill, <laughs> whoever the fuck, you know what I'm saying? When the church decided, yo, blacks and Jewish people, man, they're like animals. You can enslave them. And Ferdinand and Isabella was like, fuck it. Let's run this shit. Y'all propaganda campaign been mean, man. And not because it necessarily subjugated people like me to brute the brutalities of slavery and shit like that. It convinced poor white people that we're good for you. The, the, the One of the most brutal things about not wanting to know true and factual history is you don't understand how you're being fucked over too. It's like if you look at the word cracker, cracker is not something that black people made up. I used to think, you know, when you were young, you would hear, oh, it means whip cracker. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. It was a derogatory term that, um, people in the United Kingdom used for country or slower white folks. Crackers and gypsies. Gypsies were the people known to populate Upper Georgia, Lower Tennessee, Alabama, places like that. They, uh, redneck was also one of the terms. We didn't make these terms up. These terms came from the master class or what they would call the planner class who used poor white people. And when too many, Tim Wise talked about this, when too many poor white people and black people who were seen as equals at one point kind of united and had a few rebellions, they were like, no, we got to put an end to this shit. You know, so I would just say, man, I, I wish that whoever was writing the Bible or remixing it would have put a little more commonality in there so you wouldn't get all this weird funky division and the master still kind of rule us all you know well, it's still always the people that are in charge that yeah. are disseminating that information initially yeah. and they're always they always have some sort of an interest in framing it in a way that suits them the best like even in the foundation of the country all men are created equal yeah so what they had to do to justify that is to say that black men are three-fifths of so, a man yep, three, yep, three, so yep, they're literally yep, putting it into yeah the way they structure yeah, the yeah, country. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, and it was a, there was an economic incentive to do it, you know. Yes. And 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 that doesn't make it right, but it helps my community understand that the shit's about money and why they did it. But why did the church do it? It's just so you got to think about that though. Before we get to America, yeah. And I guess the church, the Catholic Church at one point says we can go ahead and tell everybody all human beings are equal. Let's stop bullshit. But instead they choose to say Jews and black people are different. And Ferdinand and Isabella and Portugal and said, well, fuck it. It's all. And you, the transatlantic slave trade starts. So my thing is getting back to why was the Bible written like that gets back to, so why would the church allow that? And then you get to ask, well, if the church allowed that, then why aren't they included in there? You know, and, and, and beyond who's the bad guy, what empires in Africa are we not talking about? What kings have we not talked about? What great and glorious? Because the Greeks looked at Africans like they were gods. Yes. They look these motherfuckers. These are the illest motherfuckers on earth. Whoever they, was there during the construction of the pyramids has created the most insane structures the world's ever known. Count Volney says, and they made him retracted, but he said of, of ruins of empires, he said, it is obvious to me that the people we now subjugate to slavery, these dark-haired, kinky, kink, uh, kinky-haired, these dark, kinky-haired people were once the rulers and builders. They put this shit here. He said that. He was an Orientalist, which were people who were sent out of their countries to, you know, to go study Asia, Eastern African shit. This motherfucker standing there like, the motherfuckers that built this shit, somehow we've subjugated slavery. And when people say, you know, if you were smart enough to build that, how could you be made a slave? Genghis Khan wasn't particularly smart. He was violent and brutal. And a lot of times the people who won have been the most violent and brutal. Well, Genghis Khan was both, but 
Yeah. Yeah, he was he was both violent, brutal, and very intelligent. But just intelligent from a military way? Yes. Okay. Tactically. No, I no, mean, but I'm talking beyond military. Like what did he what did he build? Oh, there was no building. But that's what I'm saying. Was, yeah, but it was just figuring out how to destroy empires. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That's a, a, yes. That's not the same though as building an empire. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? No, it's definitely it's yeah. definitely not the same. Yeah, it doesn't it you know, I can I can I know some gang leaders that that are comparable to war generals, mm. right? But the question becomes, who are the people that are going to build the next empire? Right. And I think that that's where the danger in the old world of when the church was really a government, the church conspiring with warlords for certain things to be destroyed so they can then come and assume control of. Because well, ultimately, even the most brutal people don't end up winning. The most shrewd people do. The, 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 that small circle of brilliant motherfuckers that know how to control. Like, you know, beyond Genghis, who were, who were, who were his advisors? Who profited most from it? You know what I'm saying? Oh, he was famous for capturing armies and incorporating their generals. Yeah, yes. He would, you know, and and if the, if someone tried to surrender, he would just kill them because he would say, "Well, what are you going to do with me? Like, why would I do that?" Oh shit! So they would say, I, "I've I've surrendered. I've come. I'm coming to you." And he'd go, "Oh really? Well, I'm going to fucking kill you because you have no loyalty, you piece oh, of wow. shit." Oh wow! But he would take over like it, with certain generals and certain he would he would bring them in yeah. and just accept them yeah. he was completely open to any religion yeah. he goes i don't give a he fuck was brilliant for that. what your religion is he was brilliant for that you could be you could be whatever you want we're here to fuck people up yeah okay and fuck cuz apparently yeah, he left fuck. a lot of descendants oh my god yeah they were like Insane one of us amounts. three has genghis khan blood in our Duh. body apparently it's something crazy like yeah. that we've talked about it many times and i always forget what the percentage is my assistant ron is hitting me i think we got 10 minutes All right, she's, let's she's get being the fuck an asshole about it Mike, you're the man. Thank I love you, very you brother. Much. I love you too. You know Thank that you very already. Much. Thanks for the act. You're Thanks brilliant. for the shit. Your new album's incredible. Yeah, I thank hope you start a podcast. Mike, I definitely. Michael, y'all go, go fuck with it. Look at that, man. Look at that cute little chubby <laughs> motherfucker, man. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.